say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is not too late to make a New Year's resolution, even if it's no longer the time when people are saying Happy New Year, especially if you're looking to get fit and have nutrient-dense food that's going to give you energy without a bunch of sugar, salt, fat, and processed stuff that just doesn't serve your body well. And one way to do that is with home delivery of Factor chef-prepared meals. Fuel up fast with ready-to-eat nutritious meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list and you don't have to cook before you settle in to watch wrestling during the week. Achieve and maintain your 2023 goals with Factor. It is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Start saving time, eating well, and living your best year yet. You've heard me talk about these before, I suspect, and I order Factor meals on my own, whether they sponsor the show or not. I'm a believer in these meals. Sometimes I'm just too busy to cook, even though I like to cook. But I know when I'm eating good food, and it's so nice knowing those Factor meals are in the refrigerator, fresh, never frozen, with whole food, healthy ingredients, ready to be microwaved in just over two minutes, and I'm eating. I don't have to wait 45 minutes for delivery and pay a tip. And frankly, so often that delivered food is full of fat, it's deep fried. You're not going to get that with Factor meals. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Head to factormeals.com slash wade50. That's a new website and a new code this month. Head to factormeals.com slash wade50 and use code wade50 to get, this is clever, 50% off your first box. That's code wade50 to get 50% off at factormeals.com slash wade50. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. 
all backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Now, PW Torch and Spreaker bring you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's time for the weekly flagship, talking current events in pro wrestling. Five years ago, Jason Powell joined me for the February 8th, 2018 episode of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast flagship. And we talked at the beginning of the show about 205 Live. So not often they were the top story or our lead conversation, but there's some changes with 205 Live that we talked about. We also talked about the Booker T-Corey Graves controversy, SmackDown's new top 10. We also talked about the Elimination Chamber developments, the Women's Elimination Chamber, ROH has announced streaming service launch, Rusev Day. We also talked about why Nick Aldis is a polarizing figure in pro wrestling and the latest on the NWA videos produced by Billy Corgan and Dave Lagana. Then we moved into a lengthy mailbag segment, talking about the WWE's women's division and predictions on Elimination Chamber, reviews of the Mixed Match Challenge so far, where might Braun Strowman land in the WrestleMania lineup, the Jason Jordan injury and storyline, who should turn between Seth Rollins and Finn Balor, could Paul Heyman turn on Brock Lesnar and manage Roman Reigns? The answer to that is yes. <laughs> also, but what did we say? What did we think five years ago? Also, Drew McIntyre's 2018. What's in store for him? NXT TakeOver possibilities. Shinsuke Nakamura. A Shane McMahon, Daniel Bryan story. Heels getting chant-alongs. The growth of the women's division. Becky Lynch possibly turning heel. What did we have to say about that? And more. Tons of topics here on a mega flagship edition of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. Let's get to it. Again, this dropped originally on February 8th. 2018 and we're bringing you not only the free show but also the previously vip exclusive portions of the show here on the wade keller pro wrestling podcast flagship flashback here on the wade keller pro wrestling podcast five years ago flagship flashback for thursday february 16th 2023 Now, Podcast One brings you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's time for the weekly flagship talking current events in pro wrestling. All right, Jason, let's start off with a topic we don't usually spend a lot of time on, and that is 205 Live. We've got the former rock star Spud, Drake Maverick, in charge, injecting some personality and energy and a fresh face into running the ship. And we have an injection of talent. Uh, Mark Andrews, a video feature on him this week. Roderick Strong. Hideo Itami, we kind of forget about, but he's, a couple years ago, he was all the rage. You know, like, this is going to be great. He's in WWE, and he's back and, and healthy for now, uh, with maybe more to come, and certainly Ricochet on the horizon uh, as a possibility to be entering that division. We'll see where that ends up. It, a lot of changes, and it seems like the last couple of weeks, uh, since there's been a... a seismic shift in the tone of the show and it doesn't seem like an accident ever since Enzo got hurt it got refurbished and now we're finding out uh Triple H along with uh it, along with a crew of others are have taken over control of 205 Live I'm kind of excited where Triple H and his vision and his team take the much blind cruiserweight division in 205 Live brand your thoughts 
Uh, yeah, I am too. Um, I'm hearing Adam Pierce is pretty heavily involved in this as well, as far as uh, the people behind the scenes creatively. Vince no longer really hands on with this, which I think is a good thing. I, I do got to correct you, Enzo fired. Uh, you, you said hurt. I, I know you slipped, but uh, oh, sorry, yeah. yeah, I wanted to make that clear. But he I still had a day with Tommy on my mind, and I'm just assuming that's happening soon. He'll either hurt <laughs> someone or get hurt. I don't mean to be mean to him, but that's just the track record. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, having watched uh, last night's show uh, or Tuesday night's show, it, it seems like, they, I, you know, I didn't know how to read it. He's eliminated from the tournament in round one. Is that a sign they're giving up on him, or is that a frustration-building moment? Because here's the thing about this brand, is as much as they can give us these wow matches uh, with, you know, a lot of high spots and the flashy style that – it, it's it's the they're, they're basically outright saying they want to get back to what the cruiserweight classic was, and that wasn't all high spots, but it was a you know a lot of it. It's uh, we're kind of seeing the whole with the tournament format, babyface versus babyface. That brand desperately needs heels it, since its existence. They have put the focus on one heel. When the heel is champion, no one else matters. It, it's the heel champion and a bunch of babyface challengers, and all the other heels are just. I would say trading wins and losses, but they don't even do that. I mean, it's Drew Dulac and Tony Nese and all these guys that they branded right out of the gate as just enhancement guys. Yeah. And so it, this tournament format is going to get it, – it's, it's certainly a step in the right direction. But long term, there has to be some attention paid to putting some heat on some heels. I mean, you, you, you're trying to get over a bunch of baby faces, but they're beating people who don't matter, which makes the job pretty damn difficult. Oh, I, I totally agree. Um, we need Kevin Sullivan to book from Nitro. He was always big on building up strong heel, strong heels in his booking scheme. But you're right. Uh, well, they need, they absolutely need heels, and they need stars. And as talented and I think fun as as uh, Drew Gulak and and Jack Gallagher, uh, you can list the guys. There's a lot of, you know, even TJP. You know, at times has shown some personality and it, kind of the the side of him that behind the scenes drove people a little mad over the years. Um, he, he was interesting at times, but nobody who was a heel had that credibility and swagger. And, you know, Austin Aries could have been that guy who was, if he were heel, he could have had that swagger. Hey, bring it on. But he was, you know, but the problem with an Austin Aries type heel in this era doing a cruiserweight style is the audience that is attracted to 205 Live, at least in that style of wrestling, is going to be attracted to a guy who's got that swagger and is brash and confident. So you need to have you know a, a heel who's interesting enough to watch wrestle, but not so good that fans cheer him. And they've got to find that formula. But I do have more faith in Triple H and Adam Pearce doing that than the crew that has been, that had been previously operating 205 Live, which was it was just sort of like jobbers with promos. Um, yeah. Is I think what what the what the idea was, and we need char- characters being funny and doing outlandish things. And Enzo was sort of the amplification of what the philosophy had been in a way that had some potential, except Enzo couldn't wrestle at the level needed. So they still have some work to do. What, what's be, they need? I mean, I was going to say back when I started saying this is the other thing they need besides heels is they need someone who comes across as a star that you, you, there is something happening on this brand. Not, not like, you know, you got to tune into, if you're a Nitro viewer back in the late nineties, people would be telling you, you got to tune into raw to see the Steve Austin guy. Right. And they need that on 205 Live. Not at that level. That'd be great if they could. But they need a buzz-generating social media, uh, a, a person who, who creates a buzz on social media where people are going, God, you got to tune in because they got this really good B 
dispute going. You got to see this ricochet, you know, what ricochet, whoever, and and make it really work. I think they could get that with Johnny Gargano as a top babyface. I think they could get it with Adam Cole as a top heel. I know people who like Gargano and especially Cole don't like when I say that. But if 205 Live is going to get a push as a brand, you can't stop. You can't. 205 Live will never succeed if you say, well, these guys are too good for 205 Live. So I sort of think go all in. Just make it as good as you can and try it for a year. Worst case scenario, it, you know, the worst case scenario is Adam Cole's defined down as just you know one of the jobbers from 205 Live, and that's a loss. But I, I think he's good enough to overcome that. Anybody who could make a difference at 205 Live, who people would be against putting on 205 Live because they're too good, I think could survive the, quote, stench of being on 205 Live if it turns into a failure. Well, and I think you're going to see Johnny Gargano end up there. I, it, you know, I mean, that's something I was wondering before this last batch of NXT TV tapings. And I won't go into the details and spoil things for people, but I, it brought up a couple of different times the idea of, well, if they're really serious about doing more with this show, do you carry over the Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa feud to 205 Live and, and try to get some of those NXT regulars watching the 205 Live show? And it hasn't happened officially, but I do think that there, there's indication, there's signs that that could be happening. Um, they're bringing in some of the U.K. talent. At first it was, well, they had Tyler Bate in town um, for WrestleMania weekend, the NXT TakeOver show. But now they're advertising, um, I believe, gosh, who was it, uh, for next week's show. Uh, I can't even name escapes me off the top of my head, but oh, Mark Andrews is advertised yep. for next week's show. And so, you know, that's encouraging because you do have this great U.K. division that is just sitting there dormant, basically. They pop up for takeover specials and uh, appear on the NXT show once in a while, but that's about it. So why not use some of those guys? Pete Dunne can be that star that you're talking about. Uh, and, and Ricochet certainly could be. Johnny Gargano is somebody that people will watch. And so, yeah, I think if you are selective in who you bring over, because let's face it, they're not going to have a huge roster on 205 Live. At this point, there's just no need to. But if you're selective in, in who you put on that brand, I, yeah, I, I think it can work. And, and I'm far more optimistic than I've ever been about 205 Live as a brand just because of, well, quite frankly, the, just the, the the makeover that it seems to be getting. I mean, the graphics and all that are the same, but I, in, in a way, I think Enzo Amore's departure from the company is is a major blessing. I, I just had no interest in watching that show when he was the champion, and it's not even really anything against him. It was just everything around him was terrible, too. And, and so hopefully, yeah, you, you make a, key, a few key additions to that roster, and uh, instead of being that sixth hour of, of television in two days that mm-hmm. WWE produces, and, and it and it felt like it watching it like creatively they just didn't care hopefully now that you have some different creative minds involved this can be something that uh, you look forward to not just kind of well i'm i'm st- i still need a wrestling fix or that sense of obligation that you get if you if you're a completist who wants to see everything say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast, each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net along with other Pro Wrestling Media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And, and I will say, I do think, and this is a low bar, but 205 Live is better than its reputation a lot of the time. I mean, that the show was not, like, just terribly booked and awful. It just didn't quite land on the radar as a buzz-generating show. Some weeks were better than others. but It didn't worse, matter. Some were worse than others. But sometimes it was just a good, a fun, self-contained show. It just never – I think people want the cruiserweight division to be spectacular athleticism and with stars. And the Cruiserweight Classic felt that way. And 205 Live felt like a WWE show with small guys who were not coming across as stars or coming across as characters. So if they can fix that, if, they're, if, that, if they agree that that's the problem and they aim to, to change that, I mean, there, there's a chance this could be a, a destination show. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think it would be better off, uh, and, and we talk about this all the time, either taped like NXT in a setting where the people in the building – came to see those wrestlers 
Like they, they oh, I want to go see wrestler the, the 205 Live wrestler. So they react to them. They didn't show up to see Randy Orton, and they're like, ah, who's who's this? You know, by the time the night's over. So I kind of even if it's a smaller setting, I think NXT is, look, looks just fine at full sale and center stage. Tape four weeks in a row and 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 do that, or tape it before SmackDown, which is dangerous because sometimes people just start arriving late and and they're not into it just as much as they're not into it afterwards. But here's the other thing. Change the name and move it to Fridays. It's so that it's not when everybody's burned out after two, three hours or on two hours of SmackDown. Have there be a little bit of anticipation for it by the time it airs and give it some breathing space on the network. I, I just don't see any reason to stick with it. Being live means nothing to that show because it's not newsworthy enough where people are going to put spoilers out and ruin it. You know, the, the selling point of 205 Live is the action. It's not the shock value of what's going to happen next. So to me... If it works, NXT has a better positive buzz than 205 Live, and I think they would be more committed to making 205 Live a must-see show than NXT, frankly, uh, it, given the profile and, and some of the talent mix uh, also being on Raw. So they, I, I would say they should just rethink everything as far as it goes, but I'm glad they're not just giving up on the cruiserweight idea because I, I, I still believe in it. Yeah, and believe me, I was ready just to throw in the towel on this whole thing. I mean, I just didn't see any signs of life, but... It, it, it's just it, it, it's always fun to see just when there's a, a shakeup, just how things that that opinion can change so quickly. And you know, the, the last two weeks of television haven't been off the charts great, but it's just there's a sense of hope, and it really helps that th- what you're seeing feels like it matters. Even though we don't have brackets for this tournament yet, we know <laughs> that it's a single elimination tournament, and yeah. so you know, you're, the, the matches feel important, which doesn't happen very often on 205 Live. That's been one of the issues I've had with that show is that, yeah, some weeks are better than others, but in the grand, you know, the big picture, it's like what really matters from this show? This guy beat this, you know, this baby face won this week. They'll probably turn around and have the heel win the following week and just continue this pattern of parody booking. And the only thing that is presented as being truly meaningful on the show involves the championship. And I'm sorry, but when Enzo was champion, I just don't think that many people cared about the championship. Jason, I have to cut you off. We've done more than 10 minutes. We're not going to be fined by the Internet wrestling community for talking about 205 Live for more than 10 minutes in a given week. Hopefully they'll they'll listen back to this someday and be like, wow, those guys were really ahead of the curve on this one. (laughs) Yes. All right, let's uh, set the table. I'm Wade Keller. This is the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, our flagship edition that drops on Thursdays every week here at Podcast One. And as I keep noting, we have uh, split our feed. So if you have not heard the uh, post-Ron, post-Smackdown shows this week, that is our red brand. And you need to search Wade Keller wherever you listen to Pro Wrestling Podcasts, and uh, subscribe to that one. So the post-Ron, post-Smackdown shows that used to be earlier in the week on this feed are now on a separate feed. It's free. It's easy. You can do it in 10 seconds. Be subscribed. So be sure to do that. Tomorrow on this feed, our, uh, our flagship and interview feed, it's Nick Aldis, who described himself as a polarizing figure in pro wrestling. He is yes, the, he is. Yes, he is the NWA World Heavyweight champion, he will be on a crusade defending his title 20 times in 60 days. We talked about the origins of that and a lot of other topics. We talked about Ronda Rousey and how it affects his wife and the women's division in general. And we talked about some of the uh, peers of his, his colleagues from TNA, Impact Wrestling, who have landed in WWE. He uh, got an, uh, pretty much opened up about his thoughts on certain types of wrestling fans and what they expect and uh, whether it's good or bad for, for the business. Uh, so it's a, it's a compelling interview. He was formerly Magnus 
uh, and a former TNA world champion and global champion. So uh, he, he doesn't like people to lead with that. So I, I buried it a little bit after another minute of talking. But check that out tomorrow. It's a part one of two. I did not. I was thinking, oh, we'll go 45, 50 minutes with this interview. And we went over two hours. And we could have gone more. It's really good stuff. Check that out. Part one drops tomorrow. The last two weeks, by the way, our interviews were with ex-WWE creative team members talking about Royal Rumble history and their time behind the scenes uh, booking the Royal Rumble, Kevinak and John Piermarini. So uh, check those out if you happen to miss them in the in the flurry of activity the last couple weeks in pro wrestling. I am joined here on the Thursday flagship, as I am every three weeks, by Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net. Jason, thanks for uh, joining me again. Always good to be here. Let's get this uh, taken care of right now. Tell people about your website, and also if they want to hear a lot more from you, because people love when you're on. I don't know why people would settle for once every three weeks of Jason Powell. How can people hear Jason Powell and your team on a regular basis? You can visit ProWrestling.net for starters, and if you're looking for free audio content, visit PWAudio.net. Uh, this week, I interviewed, actually Monday, I interviewed Matt Taven of The Kingdom, and we made it through about a 25-minute interview without him saying the word Melvin, so I was very pleased by that. And uh, I, I really Melvin. enjoyed the interview. He, he was a... Uh, Melvin. Uh, <laughs> he was a good guest, and un- unfortunately for him, I caught him the day after his beloved New England Patriots lost the Super Bowl. We talked about that a little bit at the end, and well, I-, I let him know I could certainly relate. No, you can't relate to being in a sports town that has 17 championships in the last eight years. You can't relate to what it feels like to go, oh, well, we'll probably win two of the next three anyway. Well, there is that, yeah. yeah but yeah. I could relate to losing to the Eagles. Is what I, is what I was talking oh, about. Oh, sure. Yeah. And uh, suddenly, hey, that Vikings uh, giving up 38 doesn't look as bad when the New England Patriots, of all teams, gave up 40-something. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was a, a good Patriots interview. The Patriots really had a chance to win on the last uh, play of the game. And you know Stefan Diggs would have come up with that. So um, it was not – the Patriots – I'm not trying to be negative here, Jason, on your point because uh, we're all coming to peace with this, but – the Patriots at least scored nearly the same number of points as the Eagles. That's very true. Yeah, they uh, that, that was a fun game, even though there was like one instance where someone decided, hey, yeah, we can play defense. Weird <laughs> yes. Super Bowl. Uh, but uh, we also have a big sale going on right now. It's technically over, but for you guys here on the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, I'm going to keep it open for you guys. And what it is is you can get one month of .NET membership for just $1.50. Uh, you're saving six bucks off of our normal rate. We just want you to get in the door. Take a listen to all the audio content we have. Nearly 10 years of audio. I'll be able to drop that nearly part over the weekend uh, when we celebrate our anniversary on Sunday. But, uh, yeah, nearly 10 years of audio history and uh, weekly shows on Raw, SmackDown, uh, 205 Live, Impact Wrestling, NXT, uh, Ring of Honor. We have all the major television shows and pay-per-view events covered in audio form. Uh, We have the .NET Weekly Audio Show. This week, Jake Barnett and I will get together today, as a matter of fact, to discuss the WWE quarterly financial report that's going to be coming out and uh, also the new WWE network number and so uh, that should be an interesting show as always and uh, that is available weekly to the .NET members along with uh, the Q&A audio show where we have some fun. I answer the the wrestling question to start and some non-wrestling silliness at the end. If you are interested in ad-free membership and all of that audio content and more, I'm not even getting into all of it, uh, all you have to do is visit our main page at ProWrestling.net. You'll see the sign-up area. Click into there, and I'm going to give you this coupon code. Very simple. Save six. 
S-A-V-E, and the number six, all together, all one word, save six, enter that coupon code, and you will get one month of membership for just $1.50. And for that matter, if you want to commit a little bit longer term, you can knock six bucks off the pricing of our annual six-month or new three-month membership options. So again, all the details available at ProWrestling.net. Save six is your coupon code. And if you have any questions, feel free to hit me up on Twitter, at ProWrestlingNet, or shoot me an email, .netjason at gmail.com. Excellent. Yes, as I always say, the flagship edition is uh, a must-listen if you want to be informed and uh, feel like you kind of understand what's going on in the wrestling business and also get some scoops. And your your Q&A is always fun. That's just where you're... Just having having a buddy talk talk to you about uh, about wrestling who's been covering it for a couple decades. Um, with uh, the, I always enjoy the non wrestling parts of it too that you've done for years. Yeah, that's I, I have way too much fun doing the uh, non wrestling portion of the show as uh, <laughs> as members know. And do, do you like take a break and push pause and like have like four beers and then do that part? No, I, that's a hell of an idea, though. The problem is I usually record on Monday, and oh, yeah. it, it, I, four beers. I mean, I'm not going to stop there. I'm going to have, have to have six, and by then, Raw's on, and uh, yeah, then I'm, I'm just an absolute mess. And so, yeah, I've got <laughs> to keep it sober. Yes, all right. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. One way that you can help us sustain our schedule of putting out podcasts throughout the week is by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Just go to Apple Podcasts and look for our Wade Keller Processing Podcast and Wade Keller Processing Post Show and give us a five-star rating. We hope you think we've earned that score with our fast turnaround times and our quantity and quality of wrestling analysis throughout the week. So take a moment out for us and do us a favor and give us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. That helps us on search returns and helps us grow. And if you want, you can add a few comments about what you like about the programs in the comments section. Thank you so much. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Uh, other topics to cover here. Uh, Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon. Have you? Do we have to? Oh, I know. Big part of SmackDown this week once again. And, you know, we talk about how 205 Live sort of feels like. It's just... This, you know, oh, it's, you know, Jack Gallagher and Brian Kendrick and TJP, and it just feels sort of incestuous and in that nothing ever really gets resolved. And, you know, I mean, yeah, there's a shift here and there, and somebody scores a victory point over someone, but it's kind of the same people. That's what Daniel Bryan and Shane feels. It just, it doesn't, it's treading water, and nothing's really happening. And I just still don't have any faith that this will make sense. Like, what Daniel Bryan is doing is sort of like what Jason Jordan is doing. It's justified if you real if you just are really objective. You're like, well, Jason, you know, like Jason Jordan, he he only threw a punch because he was blocking someone else trying to attack him. Two guys are attacking him, he threw a punch. How can Seth be that mad at him? And he was trying to help, you know, he poked him in the eye, so he grabbed his leg in the response. You know, like it's not like Jordan's actually doing anything wrong. So we'll talk about him in a little bit. But with Daniel Bryan, he's has a good point. You know, they deserve Owens and Sammy. Every every step of the way, they're getting kind of screwed over, and you, just because if you ha- if you earn a title shot and that title shot ends in an unfair way, you should get another title shot. So Shane saying Brian's living vicariously through them and favoring them, that doesn't. It's sort of like yes, it just keeps going on that these things keep happening to justify Brian making, I think, rather sound decisions to give them a, a fair even shot at what they earned. Well, so. I, well, yeah, you can counter that, but at some point, it's like I don't really side totally with Daniel Bryan, but I don't side with Shane either, and I don't think the fans do. And it's just like I think a kid in a house just wanting his parents to shut up and move on. Yeah, I mean that—that's the biggest part. I mean, it just feels like they're dragging this out. I don't know if they know where this is going. I mean, I think a lot of people are hoping that it leads to Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon at WrestleMania because that would mean Daniel Bryan is back in the ring. In an arm wrestling contest. <laughs> yeah, could be if he's uh, not medically cleared. Uh, look, even if that happens, that, well, that probably means Shane McMahon turns heel, and I, I really don't need another heel McMahon authority figure in my life. So that doesn't excite me. Although, you know, obviously, if Brian can get back in the ring and he's healthy, that would be tremendous. But you know, the, the whole storyline just feels like it's going a month longer than it needed to. I think it was a mistake to go with that handicap match at the Royal Rumble. That could have been the triple threat match, and that would have made Daniel Bryan – given him a little bit more uh, – a little, I guess just something to 
not make it seem like he is guilty of favoritism. I mean, a handicap match, Wade, that's where it's like kind of hard to a handicap match and you can be co-champions. That to me is just is t- screams. All right, this is bias. This is favoritism. And if you're a Daniel Bryan fan, I think most of them just kind of go, well, he's just playing the character. Unfortunately, it takes him out of the moment. But with the triple threat match or, you know, I guess my, my thing at the Rumble going into it was have Daniel Bryan say, right, inform Owens and Zayn right before the match. By the way, only one of you can become champion, whoever gets the deciding pinfall. Because what they've done by making it a handicap match, I think, is really just damaged Kevin Owens especially and Sami Zayn to a point. And I say Zayn to a point only because I don't think they ever had him built to the point that he felt like a, a super credible threat to take the championship. But with Owens, he's a guy who's been a universal champion before. He's been a secondary champion before. And by making it seem like, well, he has to be in a handicap match in order to have a chance to win. I mean, that's the message it sent to me was these guys can't get it done on their own, but maybe as a duo. And now all of a sudden you go to the triple threat match at a time when I think people are ready for this whole thing to be over with. It's too bad. I mean, I I do think the triple threat match will be better. and, And I'm curious to see if they can breathe some new life into it. But this whole thing is just a mess. And you could just tell on SmackDown that crowd's reaction. I think it was Shane asking and kind of polling the crowd on what they wanted to see. And when he mentioned it was either him or Daniel, one of them mentioned Owens and Zayn getting another title shot. And it wasn't booze for heat. It was just kind of the crowd collectively going, eh. That's what happened. People are over it. That's what happened when Daniel Bryan came out and went, I have an announcement. And then he announced it. And the crowd was like, Daniel Bryan, no, like I, it wasn't a heel turn for Bryan. It was exasperation and disappointment. Yeah, it's like again, really? Can we move on? That's the feeling that I get. SmackDown has taken such a turn for the worse. It's it's really uh, it's a flawed brand right now. It's too bad that was the show that when Raw was still trying to find its way with three hours, and Lord knows it took a long time. They're finally to a point where I don't feel like we're just getting you know ridiculous amounts of filler. Where now it feels like what you're seeing. Some of it matters a lot more than others, but it feels like it has a purpose. SmackDown was the show, though, that you look forward to that. All right, Raw's long and bloated, but SmackDown at least gets it right. And now it feels like Raw's the better show. SmackDown is just kind of limping along creatively. They're not doing right by the women on that show. They can they can pat themselves on the back for being so progressive for going with the Women's Royal Rumble and all these things years after they should have. But you look at what's happening on SmackDown, and those women don't even have real storylines. Charlotte doesn't even have a a real challenger to her championship at this point. One down, some of it, we go. Well, you know, and some <laughs> of it they'll point to WrestleMania. You know, they're they're saving it for then, but it's like it's been happening for a while now. Uh, just lumping all the women on the, on camera together in those awkward shots, having these meaningless six woman tag matches, or you know, whatever their their formula for the week is, or just uh, for the women is. It, it's just not working. They they need separate real storylines and it shouldn't always just be champion and challenger and everyone else just has parody booking uh trading wins and losses yep i agree all right let's uh let's cut to our first break when we come back got a lot more to talk about the booker t controversy i want to talk about jason jordan roh streaming service uh pow bang on-screen graphics rusev day how to build up shinsuke nakamura those are in my notes oh in the top 10 list and some other things too plus we got email we'll get to uh some of this here on the uh, second segment. Say goodbye 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thanks for downloading today's show. Take it to the next level with a VIP membership. Get shows like this, the Wade Keller Pro Sync Podcast, Wade Keller Pro Sync Post Show, and the PW Torch Daily Casts on our PW Torch VIP podcast feed, with ads and plugs removed from the shows for a streamlined listening experience. And also hear the VIP exclusive shows that I host with Rich Fan and Todd Martin. Everything with Rich Fan and The Fix with Todd Martin's signature VIP series that you're missing out without a VIP membership. So go VIP here in 2022 and enjoy all the benefits, all the bonus content, and the ad-free listening experience. PWTorch.com slash GoVIP. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. All right, Jason, uh, where to start, where to start? Uh, Pow Bang, let's get this out of the way. I want to knock this off my to-do list on our conversation here. They pulled back quite a bit this week on the on-screen graphics. What were they thinking? I thought I was, like, watching Blue's Clues or something. Like, I thought some animated figure was going to pop up on the screen and and tip his hat and start, you know, tickling wrestlers, and they were going to act like he was really touching them. Like, what the hell were they thinking when they did these things? And uh, I don't know. They they just did it, like, I think once on Tuesday this week. Yeah, you got me. Um, I, I think it was, well, Raw's got these new graphics, and they have the new logo, and let's, uh, you know, we, we want to make SmackDown feel different, so let's not give them that same kind of overhaul. Let's do this. And, man, that that's just an awful idea. They did it. I felt bad. You know, I mean, they, they didn't have, they weren't doing it again for the Usos promo, thank God, where they did that cell graphic whenever they would say lockdown. Um, but poor Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable, yeah. who are having enough trouble getting over, were saddled with that. So they just need to go, okay, we, we've done some great things production-wise. This is not one of them. Let's scrap this. Yeah, I and, and I think they're going to want to save face and phase it out slowly as if, well, we always intended to do it this way. We're just going to do it every once in a while. But it is. It's like you get you, you, they're a kid with a new toy, and they just play with it, and then they hopefully get bored, or the the audience complains enough, and they're like, "All right," you know, kind of like cutting away to the crowd shots. I mean, they don't even they don't do that anymore, do they? Not as much, no. And by the way, I'm sorry to say it, Travis, but uh, I'm with you on those awful uh, selfie videos. They're they're trying way too hard. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's an age thing. I think it's yeah, it's 
just it's not you know he's like oh it's an old man thing it's like no no it's just that's there's a professional camera crew there who should be filming these wrestlers and i mean like i said a technique now and then um you know do it now and then is fine Yeah, you mentioned seamus and cesaro the way yeah. they did it in the, in the empty arena that was fine yeah yeah there should be a reason for it not we cut our budget and we don't we're not hiring the camera people to hang out and film vignettes so now you're, that's a tna move you know oh no it's innovative no it's cheap and that's what it comes across, and it, or or just desperate to be cool. You know, it's it's, it's that's the, how I see it. Yeah, it's it's the, to me, it's the parent who shows up at, at junior high to pick up their kid, and they're wearing their baseball hat to the side, and you know the trendy jeans that are for teenagers and not adults. And it's like, nope, this isn't working. Stop it. Um, yeah, <laughs> and you know, you mentioned the age thing, and, and I know Travis. You know, this is the world we live in. Look, we live in it too. <laughs> you know, we, we we it's not like we're like what what are these cell phone things? So we're we're very familiar with it. It just it really does seem like they're trying Travis, too hard. And Travis is middle age also, so I'm just saying he's aged well. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, yeah those those things need to go away. All right. Uh, the top ten list when they did Ty Dillinger. At number ten, uh, I saw your tweet on it, and it was like it just it. I mean, it was so dumb last year when he came out at number ten. It was exponentially dumb when he did it again this year. Because what you're saying is, to, it, as a SmackDown creative person, I put quotes around that. Although it's creative, but it's stupid. Um, you're like, oh, this will be funny. So let's compromise the integrity of the of the the story. That we're telling, you know, the, the way that we tell our story, the narrative structure of, 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 of everything that we do. Let's compromise that for something completely frivolous, unimportant, and unfunny. It's, I mean, seriously, I think a third, gra- I think third graders were rolling their eyes at that, going, oh, yeah, number 10, of course. It, it's not knee-slapping funny for any demographic. It's stupid, and it makes everything seem fake. Now, I talked to, I, I think it was with uh, Travis. I said if they had, no, it was with Mike Chiari uh, yesterday, of course. Um, I said, had they done a backstage segment where Daniel Bryan went up to Shane or Shane went up to Bryan probably and goes, how did Ty end up at number 10? And Bryan goes, well, the wrestlers vote. Remember, Shane? They all got together and decided to do that as a rib on on Ty because he's so obsessed with the number 10. And Shane's like, well, tell them to take this more seriously. That makes a mockery of what you're trying to do. And Bryan goes, yep, you're right. You know, but I can't control him. That's, you know, like, at least own it and explain it. Um, Like, I don't like when you do something to be cute and it undermines the... The, the perceived integrity of what's going on, it seems like somebody said, hey, it'd be funny if we did this. And then they did it, not thinking that there's zero payoff. Right. Yeah, I mean, when they first did it at the Rumble, I was someone going in going, eh, I wouldn't do it at 10. It's just, you know, I, I guess I like a little more realism, and that just seems way too convenient. But I came around by the time it happened to, hey, the fans really wanted, all right, you know, you can chalk it up to being a coincidence and give, you know, give the fans a payoff. But Let to do it again, cake. what's that? Let them have cake. Sure. Uh, you know, but this year, they do it again like, oh, God. And at least, you know, I mean, granted, he, he didn't even get into the match. But you start off your rankings that way. And, Wade, that was, looking back on it, it as awful as it was to start with, it wasn't like it got better. Um, those <laughs> rankings are, I, I, what purpose do they serve other than maybe Randy Orton's mad about ranking low? Yeah, I mean, that's it. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I'm willing. I I actually am willing to give the rankings some time, because I think there is some potential with the wrestlers doing the voting. And I like the idea that. And again, I don't think there's a good. I don't think there's a better than fifty percent chance that they do this well, because this is the, the people in charge of this also thought it was a good idea to have tie at number ten, 
and to also do bang, pow, bam graphics in the lockdown stuff. So, <laughs> so I don't have faith that they're going to do it right, but I, I think in the right hands, this could work even with what they did this week. Again, if they explain the Ty Dillinger thing as a prank. Um, because that establishes, hey, this is something the locker room can manipulate. Um, and, and that's something that Brian has to live with because he spent his whole life, at, it, it, according to him last week, he spent his whole life wanting to do something like this. So this is his dream come true, which is just so cheesy and over the top also. But I like the idea of Charlotte and AJ as champions wanting the pride of being ranked number one in these power, the peer power rankings. And so Charlotte can make her case on a promo. You know, like what she should have gotten last night before her match, and just as Reigns and Braided, there should have been promos where Charlotte goes, "Hey, if I beat Liv Morgan tonight, I I want to I'm going to beat her in a way that sends a message to the locker room that I deserve to be number one because AJ Styles tonight sitting at ringside watching another match and I'm wrestling, and so you can kind of turn it into this rivalry. Charlotte and AJ can't wrestle each other, but they can have a rivalry of who outshines the other, and so there's there's some things like that that you can do, and then the Randy Orton thing is fine. Randy going. Oh, I'm below uh, Naomi in the rankings. Well, I'm going to show you guys. You know, whatever. You I'm going to RKO her. No, <laughs> well, not that. But um, so, but I, I wrote this in, in this week's Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter uh, when I was writing about Rusev Day. I, you do not sacrifice things that you could be doing with Rusev in order to get over a silly uh, a story. I won't call it silly, but a storyline with Randy Orton being mad about the top ten list placement. Like that should not take precedent. Oh, precedence over uh, over trying to do the right thing with Rusev and, and the momentum that, that he seems to have. So I don't want the list to get in the way of other things that make more sense, but I think their goal here is, you know, that lights a spark under Randy Orton. People are going to say he wants to work his way higher in the rankings. So we'll see what they do as a follow-up. Like I said, I don't have faith, Jason, but I think there's things that they can do with this. And mixing tag teams and women and men is, is fine because it allows there to be rivalries without having to wrestle each other. No, thanks. That, right. that ruined it for me. I, I, it's just like, what does this even mean then? Is this, I mean, it's like the, the way, I can't even remember their, their, their criteria, but it, it, it comes off like, who has the most school spirit? It, it's just completely <laughs> lame. Who yeah. is good in the locker room or whatever? Yeah. So you have this company, you, you have this roster that, you know, and I haven't like sat down and looked at it to do the exact breakdown, but you would think, all right, half heel, half baby faces roughly, but the heels don't crack the list. So are, are they just like so bitter that, or, or do they they actually secretly like the baby face? Just none of this makes any sense. I, I think this is all going to lead to my God for the first time ever, a woman is ranked number one in these rankings. And like, who cares? It's it's a ranking of popularity in the locker room. It, I this is not what I envision. And when when it comes to Daniel Bryan, hey, maybe he really did always want to do this. But I'm guessing it wasn't like this um, because I, I, you know, I really would like to see some company, some booker, some creative team have the discipline to do a normal top ten ranking system. You don't include the champions. You, you know, have the, the, the contenders like you would see in boxing or MMA, and, and you actually stick to it. And that's where you get some real storylines. All right, we have wrestler three in the rankings, facing number five. This is big for five. Five has a chance to move up. And then it's not just, well, three moves down a spot. This could really you know, damage uh, number three's position. There's plenty of things you can do with it. The structure they're going with, again, it's just rah-rah school spirit, and it doesn't feel like it means anything. 
Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that like the, the New Day or the Usos being upset, New Day ranked ahead of them, even though they're champs. Again, it's a little bit of a, of a spark that they can use as a talking point. I, I'm, I want to wait a few weeks. I'm more optimistic. I'm, I'm more uh, bullish on the potential of this to work. And in the sense that the, some people say the players should vote for the NBA players should vote for the all-star team, you know, like let them have a say, um, you know, sort of like, you know, two, two all-stars picking their own team. There's a a sense of, all right, we're going to let the wrestlers relay to fans and management, how they feel about each other and and how it's happening. I think there's a way to make it work better than better than I think it will turn out. And you're giving it that then you're framing it. I think that there's there's a way to make this work with the champions and the tag teams and the men and women all mixed together. And if you do an actual list, the downside is you know you do a top ten ranking and then Ty Dillinger is on it, and you're like, wait, this this that's there's not even ten worthy people in this roster who are so men. So give me five, give me top five rankings yeah, yeah. for all the titles. Oh, that's fine. Or yeah, and you know, like Gabe did for a while in ROH, the the uh, cluster of contenders or whatever he called it, where they don't have numbers next to them, but there might be two people or five people who are you know worthy of consideration for title shots, and you kind of show that. And, and but you know, yeah, putting numbers behind them gives more. But then wrestling bookers don't like being tied down to actually having to count wins and losses, and there's going to be. Uh, Q, uh, Anderson, and Gallows, some nerds out there who are actually keeping track of win-loss records who are then going to make a big fuss when somebody who's losing every night at house shows for two weeks moves up in the ranking because, you know, they're, they're going to get a title shot and they don't want those house show rankings, you know, to be part of the narrative. Well, ignore the house shows. That's fair. I mean, you can do that. But have the discipline to, to pay attention to what you're doing on television and pay-per-view. You know, it, it, that's what it comes down to. When these have failed in the past, it's because of laziness. It, they just don't want to pay close enough attention and book around it. And so, so it's just easier to throw it out and have no structure. You can support us on Patreon and get these shows. With ads and plugs removed, the Wade Keller Processing Podcast, Wade Keller Processing Post Shows, and the PW Torch Daily Cast throughout the week with ads and plugs removed, plus a few bonus VIP shows throughout the month for just $4.99 a month. Check it out, patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. And you can also upgrade to other tiers and receive even more benefits through Patreon. What should WWE do with Rusev right now? Turn him babyface. I, I would do a double turn with him and Bobby Roode. I, I don't, no. you know, the, the last night it, it, the match was fine. I thought it really did. Or Tuesday night, it gave this a little bit of a boost to the U.S. title because that thing has been really damaged with that whole Dolph Ziggler thing, and I still don't get why they did that. Uh, you could have just had Bobby Roode win it, uh, but um, and maybe we'll find out now that Dolph is returning to, to face Baron Corbin. Can't wait! Like we haven't seen that match a hundred times before. Um, but yeah, it just it, it, to me, it just seems like you've gotten what you can out of Roode in this glorious babyface gimmick. He's a better heel, and the fans love Rusev. So stop fighting it. And you know, I mean, th- that's the weird thing is they're not really fighting it, but they won't turn him babyface either. I, I don't really get what they're going for and, and you're going to undermine the rusev character if he turns a, turns the other way when aiden english is interfering unprovoked in his matches and insulting the fans like you do not want if you're wwe fans cheering in act that just insulted them because you want the insults when other wrestlers do it 
to actually mean something. You don't want fans laughing at insults. You want fans to be upset at insults because that's why you have heels insult fans. So if you're going to take that approach, you're, you're, you're undercutting and diminishing the impact of insulting the city when you know that after Aiden English does it, it's not going to work and they're going to cheer Rusev anyway. It's right. a losing battle. So at some point, you got to wave the white flag and listen to the fans and stop the war on the fans. I'm sorry that Rusev landed in your lap as one of the most over acts organically since Daniel Bryan. I'm really sorry, WWE, that inconvenience happened. That there's a wrestler that fans actually like a lot, who can work, who's young, who can talk. I'm sorry that that happened and it screwed up your master plan. But, jeez, take advantage of it. <laughs> like, I'm sorry it's an inconvenience, but this is what promoters wi- like work hard for and wait around for and try to manufacture. And it has happened and it is right there waiting for you to make money on it. And they're stuck on, oh, no, we got to have Randy Orton RKO everybody because we got to get across this stupid top ten list. Okay, I called it stupid. And here I am advocating for it. But it was a stupid list this week. Um, no, that they should have figured out. If that was a plan two weeks ago, Rusev keeps getting cheered. They should say, wait a second. We need to do something different with Randy because Rusev's over. We need, to, we need to do the double turn and have the focus of that match be a double turn. Rude is a good talent, not a great talent, but a good overall act to have on the roster. But he's pretty useless as a babyface. He's just, you know, shredded wheat without any milk or toppings. It's just, uh, it's a babyface. It's okay, it's healthy, but, uh. And as a heel, he's better. He's still not dynamic, top-tier guy, but he's a good anchor for the U.S. title as a heel. So go with it. Like, why would you cast these two guys in a way that doesn't work? And if they wait too long... They're, they're not only going to damage Rusev, but they're going to damage their own storytelling structure that it just makes a mockery out of this, that you have this heel act and the fans are cheering and people watch going, what is going on here? Why are we, like, just think of the average viewer tuning in and everyone's cheering for a guy whose guy at ringside is cheating on his behalf. It's undercutting Bobby Roode as a babyface. Any babyface fighting Rusev right now are getting screwed over. It's not fair for them. So just... Make money on this and go all in. Be nimble enough when this stuff happens. Relook at the WrestleMania lineup. Go, can we get Rusev hot enough to put him in a top five match at WrestleMania? That'll feel like right. it counts. Now, you'll get no argument from me. I mean, all of that makes sense. I yeah. don't know why they continue to to, to, to fight this battle. That, And, you know, hey, it's one match between these two. I'd be a little more optimistic had there been some they had it ended a little bit differently but i I, i'd like to think like hey just match one that they have a story in mind but it was you know pretty clean and decisive win and uh looks like they're moving on but we'll see yeah all right we're back i'm wade keller along with jason powell jason powell of ProWrestling.net. check it out every day if you're going to attend a future wrestling event we'd love to publish results of the show and your experience at the show on our website, pwtorch.com, send results to pwtorch at pwtorch.com. This includes WWE events and other events, whether it's ROH, New Japan, indie events, and more. Send results to pwtorch at pwtorch.com. If you're attending a future Raw or SmackDown and can be an on-site correspondent for this program, send a note to me at wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. That's Wade Keller podcast at pwtorch.com. And just put the name of the city and the date in the subject line so it can stay organized and get back to you about joining us on the program. And you can share your experience. Also, hashtag WKPWP on Twitter if you want to share a photo of where you listen to this program. And you can also react to the shows with other listeners of this program. That's hashtag WKPWP. 
We have uh, more topics to get to. I want to start this uh, segment with Booker T. Uh, he made some comments on his podcast about Corey Graves uh, saying he cost me money and people had, had to separate us because they thought I was going to do something to him uh, at the last time that they announced together. And he is uh, threatening to beat up Corey Graves, apparently not at work. So that's the, just on the street <laughs> if he sees him. Like, don't worry, WWE. This doesn't affect you because I'm not going to beat him up if I see him at work. So rest assured, I'm going to keep control of my desire to punch him if we're in the workplace. So don't, don't worry about that. But if I see him on the street, ooh, fight's on. I like, what is he thinking, and why is he still employed by WWE if he was serious? And if he's not serious, he needs to clarify that in a believable way because this is not okay. And I really, I mean, I know WWE is trying to make light of it, it seems, with New Day doing their thing on Tuesday, but I, if, if it isn't established that it's a really poorly executed joke and that Booker and Corey are chummy, um, then I don't think they should be joking about it. New Day shouldn't be joking about it. Jason? Yeah, I mean, I listened to it, and, and it's, I mean, it, it could easily be a ploy for him trying to get people to pay more attention to his podcast. That's certainly possible. It sounded to me like he started off pretty sincere in, in his frustration over the way things went down. And then as he went on, maybe realized I've kind of dug myself a hole. I believe that's a live radio show that, that doubles as a podcast. And then he, you know, he started talking about, facing him in a WrestleMania match. And so it did sound like he was sincere uh, in, in his frustration with the situation initially and then tried to joke around by the end of it. That's how, you know, but it, I, I, like, would it shock me if it turned out like the whole thing was just a joke? No. Um, but yeah, it. I, I didn't really understand where he's coming from on this, if he's e even a little bit sincere. Look, He's the one who cost himself money because he couldn't pay attention to the damn storylines and couldn't uh, – he just – he was bad at his job. I'm yeah. sorry to say it, but he was. And some of it – I mean, yeah, I, I, I know you've talked about it. I've said the same thing. I kind of miss the needling during the slower part of Raw that would happen, just the bickering between the two. It always seemed – I, I never came away feeling like Booker is enraged right now and, and has to bite his tongue. There were some moments that were seemed a little tenser than others, but I always kind of got the feeling that, eh, these, you know, Booker is smart enough to know that a lot of what Graves is saying, there's a good chance it's being fed to him through the headset by Vince McMahon anyway. Uh, so if you want to blame anyone for this, number one, Booker, look in the mirror. Number two, maybe talk to your boss about it because I, if, if Vince McMahon didn't want – uh, Corey Graves to be calling Booker T on these things, I, I don't think he would have. I'm sure there would have been a talk backstage like knock it off. And so instead, without knowing, my guess is Vince was feeding into it and loved it. Wrestling fans, are you that person that works in a pro wrestling reference to every aspect of your life? Well, we're those kind of people too, but we do so with mixed martial arts. I'm Robert Vallejos, host of MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, every Monday on PW Torch's Daily Cast lineup. Not only do we cover 
every UFC and Bellator event, we provide context that only a wrestling fan would really understand. I mean, we're the type of people that if you ask us about how much of a mess the middleweight title situation is, we're likely to reference WCW in the early 90s. Think of us as a podcast for casual MMA fans done by hardcore wrestling nerds. And you can find us by searching PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or any popular podcast app. And we're always available on demand at pwtorchdailycast.com where you can check out the entire lineup of the PW Torch Daily Casts. If your job is to run a spelling bee and kids stand up on stage and they're, and they're told to spell honor and the kid goes uh, O-N-N-E-R and the judge goes, good job, correct, and then moves on. And then the, pers- the person sitting next to him, the other judge goes, um, no, no, that's not right. It's H-O-N-E-R, H-O-N-O-R, I just got it wrong, um, H-O-N-O-R. Um, you're wrong. That that is not being mean. <laughs> that is holding someone accountable to do their job correctly. And if you have to call them up publicly because you're at a spelling bee live, then that's the way it works. That person isn't costing you money. You didn't do your job right, and the the, the integrity of the spelling bee needed to be protected. That's what Corey Graves was doing. Whoever, pro- whether he's prompted or did it on his own, Booker was saying dumb things, counterproductive to everything that WWE, the writers, and the wrestlers were trying to accomplish. So for Booker to say he cost him money, it's just that I can't get past that line. Like, you don't have a right to a job. And this is a guy who bragged about treating TNA like a country club, you right. know? And and there was a whole mentality at the end of WCW with a lot of guys that were just collecting guaranteed money. That kind of attitude kills wrestling companies. So be good at your job. And by the way, understand why you had that job. And, and, and then take it seriously. And he didn't. So... Yeah, I mean, I like Booker. I've interviewed him a couple times, and he was great. I'm proud of the interview. Uh, this is a level of thin-skinned, defensive obliviousness to incompetence on a level that I can't recall recently seeing. I mean, he was awful, and he doesn't seem aware of how bad he was. And it did seem like Corey Graves correcting him was getting under his skin, and Corey was wrong a couple times. He heard Booker wrong and corrected him on something that wasn't right. And I think Booker genuinely got frustrated that he was being shown up and it came across on the air, and it became uncomfortable. Um, it was so, yeah. I, I it, it, they, they, yeah, there it, were a couple of let's move on moments from Booker. I remember those. Absolutely, yes, absolutely. And so the the heat felt real, and that's where I take this as a lot more than just oh, I'm just joshing around trying to create a buzz. Um, I think you know there was definite frustration. Now I get frustrated sometimes with friends, and uh, a week later I might joke about it and and you know turn it into a bit. I, I just don't sense that's what's happening here. And let's stop and think about this for a minute. I'm, if, if I see this guy on the street who isn't wrestling anymore because of head trauma, I'm going to kick his ass. I know. And it did, did, uh, what do you think of New Day joking around about it? Like, what was the purpose? Is that just New Day doing their own thing going, oh, what can we say this week where people will be like, I can't believe they said that because that's pretty much their gimmick. Yeah, that's how I see it. That's exactly it. Yeah. Where are you on New Day? Um, depends on the week. You know, some weeks are better than others. They, they've been more missed than hit lately. And I do think it's kind of what I used to say about TNA when they would feature, let's say, Eric Young doing comedy things. When the, the overall promotion is doing well, 
and, and people are enjoying the product, comedy is a lot easier. When the product is suffering, the same comedy bit may not be well received because people just aren't in the mood for it. They're, they're bitter with the product. And yeah. so some of that has happened. I'm not saying that's totally sure. responsible because I think New Day, it the act is getting a little stale um, with, without question. It I, The pancake thing, I still don't really get what they're going for. But there's still those weeks, you know, they, they have those gems in there that make up for some of the bad weeks. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'd, I'd be totally ready if it was, well, we're going to have Kofi and, and Woods uh, be the tag team and Big E's going to go off and be the singles guy. And if you want to keep them together as New Day during that, fine. But I'm ready for some sort of a shakeup. They're coming across to me like guys in WCW who had guaranteed money and didn't care anymore and were just entertaining themselves and their buddies. That's what it comes across to me. I think they're thinking of their merch checks and they're thinking about a good deal that they have, getting to rotate who wrestles. Each of them gets a night off once every three matches, generally speaking, unless they're in a six-man or doing singles. And they're not having to abuse their body a lot. They get to pick their spots. And they and, and there's a level of self-satisfaction with everything they do. They're so pleased with themselves in, in what they're doing that I, it, I think it works with a certain audience who just loves their gimmick and, you're in, and they have that slice of the audience. But they're not part of the fabric of selling tickets, like, you know, just selling network subs, drawing ratings. They're not part of that fabric of, you know, where you take them seriously. You don't sense that they care about anything that happens. They just want to shock people with the next subject that they allude to and do kind of this cheap, this corny, slapsticky stuff with pancakes. And that's it. And, and they're so satisfied with themselves. I want them, I want to see, I want to feel like, it, everything's not a joke to them and that they actually, you know, are, I, it under, they, they're holding a roster spot and seeming to not care about anything that happens. Like there's no real emotion that comes out of them. It's just all a joke. It's just all a joke. It's too much frivolity and it makes it, it undercuts everything else that the other others are doing on the roster. They're a top level act in terms of their pay and their prominence and their push, but nothing they do feels like it counts for anything. Cause all they care about is just joshing around with each other. There's, I mean, some of that is that's the act, you know. It, it's that it, they are so loose and lighthearted, and that. Just, so I don't know how much of it is that's how the guys feel, and they're just collecting a check, and life is so great. Um, it, or if it is some of this, well, that's you know kind of what the act is. But change the act. Say. Change the act and have like pub, I, mean, I always use this example, but it's such a great example. Public Enemy. People should go watch the ECW promos of Fly by Rock or Rock and Johnny Grunge. Yeah, they would joke around and play around and oh Johnny, we're doing this and it's gonna be and then boom, there'd be that moment where Rocco, his eyes would get serious. He'd be like, "But you guys crossed the line. You pushed." the wrong person, and you're going to pay. And all of a sudden you get that, like what the Usos are pulling off now, that edginess, that street edginess. And New Day can trigger that and go there. I mean, they can. Like, I, well, I think they can. We've, we've seen it. Yeah. It just doesn't happen often it enough. It doesn't happen often enough. Hey, guys, it's Mike McMahon from the All Elite After Show. Every week, Andrew Socek and I break down AEW on our free PW Torch podcast. We've been doing this show since 2016. That's right. We're on our fifth year. 
when we started the show back then we were talking just impact wrestling and we still talk about them from time to time as well and over the years we've branched out to also discuss mlw and of course the main event of our program which is always the latest going on in aew again the show is called the all elite after show with me mike mcmahon and my partner andrew socek you can check us out as part of the pw torch daily cast lineup you can subscribe to our show and all of the daily cast shows just by searching pw torch on any podcast app and of course you can listen ad free with a pw torch vip membership The, the idea of these guys are fun-loving, but if you say or do the wrong thing, now you're going to pay a price. I want that aspect to their promo. I want them to go watch Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge and see what they did and go, yeah, let's tap into that. Let's let fans know that there's a point where we go from fun-loving to you cross the wrong you cross the wrong team, you cross the wrong person, where there's some threat, there's some edge to their act. And it doesn't stop merchandise sales. It doesn't scare away the kids. It, it just it says there's, there's a part of our job that we take seriously. And everything with them is the Christmas party. You know, it's like, oh, we're, we're three drinks in at the Christmas party. That's their whole act. And it's like you have to have a part of your job that you take seriously. You're just sports entertainers now and, and, and in the lowest form of that term. And you're not fitting into the fabric of we want to win championships and settle grudges. It just doesn't feel that way. So anyway. Um, well, and they also have to be booked. At, you know, like what are they doing right now? Oh, I know. They have no. They have no real opponents. It, it's just kind of they hang out at SmackDown. I know. Yeah, I agree. And again, I I feel like I shouldn't have to say this, but any criticism of an act, an announcer, a wrestler, it's I'm criticizing the end product, but the wrestler isn't the wrestler or wrestlers or announcer. They're the ones delivering the end product, but there's a whole array of people who are influential, and it's possible that New Day are like, we don't want to do this frivolous stuff anymore. We want to have an edge, sure. and, and they're, they're shot down. So when I say their act reminds me of wrestlers when they were phoning it in or I want them to do this, it's not it's, – I think they have an influence on this, but I don't think that it's only them. Obviously, this is more of a message to the creative team and management than to say that they have 100% autonomy on what they do. Uh, so some this any criticism of anybody is always in the collective of this act and everybody who contributes to it is I think going in a direction that is counterproductive. Let's just uh, flip to a completely different subject and that is Ring of Honor's streaming service. Yeah, more so than New Japan, more so than Flow Slam, uh, more so than even New Japan World. This feels not like I don't want to overhype and say like a game changer or anything like that, but this is the I will. The, well, good. Yeah, this is the closest that I've seen to a wrestling company matching up technology at the right time in a way that creates a parallel competitor for a big part of the fan base to WWE Network. And it also gives ROH potential to add revenue. It's found money. This is this is just finding it in a couch cushion. This is, you know, a lottery ticket that can just add you know ten thousand dollars to your salary every year you know oh this is great um it, it doesn't change anything else that they're necessarily doing but it's added found money and that can be a game changer in the sense that they can offer a few more guys contracts with the money that might come in from this and then build from there in my uh, online poll that i put up at pwtorch.com 
an astounding number of people say they're going to order this. I mean, like percentage-wise, uh, 28% are ROH fans who say they're going to order it out of the gate. And this is polling everybody. Yeah. Not scientific, but, you know, 300-some votes. I mean, it is what it is. It's a sure. snapshot. Um, some, uh, we also have 15% said, I'm not an ROH fan, but this is a way for me to get into them finally. So you had 28 to 15, and you're at 43%. Another 13% say they are an ROH fan, but they're going to wait until it's on Apple TV or Roku, which, you know, probably won't be long. So now you're up to almost, you know, close to 60%. Um, 22% say they're an ROH fan, not, but not enough to pay for the service. And 21% said they're not an ROH fan, and this doesn't change it. But over half the people in the poll are like, I'm going to order it right away, or I'll order it once they add Apple TV or Roku. That's pretty encouraging, um, I think. And the connection with New Japan and, and, and being able to kind of uh, ride that and, and make that work for them. I, I just, I think this is, uh, well, you do, it sounds like you do too, uh, a significant announcement potentially to the state of domestic pro wrestling in this country. Absolutely. I think this really can be a game changer for them. Not, you know, we're, we're going to compete with WWE directly. Not that. But as far as real, truly firmly establishing themselves as number two and not just by default in this in this country, yep. I, I think this is a step in that direction. And, and 2018 could be big for them, not only with this service, but also, you know, rumblings that, hey, maybe a, a cable television show is a possibility and not the Destination America version that they just replayed. Because now they have a way to monetize show. it. Yeah. And, and, you know, with the, the, the whole merger with uh, Sinclair and WGN, lots of uh, speculation that it could be WGN America that they end up on. But uh, with Honor Club, I, I mean, it's I, I kind of rolled my eyes at the idea of the Global Wrestling Network when Impact Wrestling launched that because it's just I yes, there there's fans that do want to go back and see some of that archival footage, not enough to matter. And I, it, it's not a hot company by any means, and it just felt like this is not a good time to be putting this out. There's not going to be that much interest in it. With Ring of Honor, you have such a, a strong library that that hardcore fan is going to want to go back and relive. I mean, I'm already seeing people freaking out over the possibility of going back to watch Samoa Joe and, and, and mm -hmm. uh, Kabashi again. And, and, I mean, that's just scratching the surface. So there's a great history there. And it's also a hot product. You know, the Ring of Honor, it, it's, I mean, look at what they're doing WrestleMania weekend. And granted, that's the super fans, but they certainly play to that super fan audience. And that's a great starting point for them that I don't think Impact Wrestling has. And so, and then you factor in the syndicated television, they'll be able to promote it. Look, if this thing, I mean, the, the key is the, the, the functionality. I think we haven't even seen the product yet. But they're set up nicely. They're going to have great archives there, including a lot of house shows that have been available on their VOD that I just don't think people pay close attention to. Um, what I worry is that they start thinking, well, we need to run angles on these house shows because it's going to make it's going to have people watching. Don't go crazy. You know, let people I'm not saying you don't do anything, but. Don't I, I wouldn't go crazy and, and, and try to turn this into a lifestyle where you have to watch every ROH show to keep up on the product. Um, but I think with the, you know, hey, you want to watch a, a, a house show live, it sounds like you'll have that capability or at least on delay. Uh, but certainly the pay-per-view events being on there for an extra couple of bucks is a big deal. Uh, I, I really think this is uh, uh, it's happening at the right time. They're late to the party, but hopefully they've learned from a lot of the mistakes that some of the others have made. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this. 
Every Sunday night, catch Wrestling Night in America on PWTorchDailyCast.com, hosted by me, PW Torch columnist Greg Parks. Each week, I'll welcome a co-host from the Torch family to discuss the big shows in pro wrestling, taking your calls and emails. You can listen live most weeks beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday nights with a WWE or Impact pay-per-view, we go on the air at the conclusion of that pay-per-view. You can listen live, but of course the full show is available for download on demand anytime shortly after it airs. Visit PWTorchDailyCast.com and click the live stream link to find the next scheduled live show link. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Wrestling Night in America every Sunday, PWTorchDailyCast.com. The only thing I disagree with you on is I don't think they're late to the party. I mean, I think this is the right time. I, I Sure. I, yeah. It's like the, the technology to do it right. The only thing, I mean, they might be a little too early in the sense that I almost wonder if they shouldn't have waited till they got Apple and Apple TV and Roku set up so they could just have this, you know, not everybody kind of, oh, I'm excited. Oh, wait, I can only watch if I stream it on my laptop um, or I got to, you know, get an HDMI cable. Who's going to do that? You know, a small percentage. So that that's the only thing. But so it would be nice if they were a little bit more there, but... The timing, I think, is is really good because they don't have the a bunch of expense of trying to teach people what this is all about. WWE did that. You know, WWE taught fans how this works and what it should be, and they've gotten to hopefully learn from what's worked and not worked and been worth it for WWE. Um, they have a great library, like you say, better than TNA's, and they have uh, the tie-in with the New Japan. They have they run more shows, and this is the key too. And this it sounds mean to say this. Um, but it's true. <laughs> ROH actually has people who want to pay to watch the product, and TNA right. doesn't. I mean, they just ROH has these these you know they're going to sell you know four thousand plus tickets to some live events and uh, WrestleMania weekend. They're, they're, the, what's the last count up to close to four thousand sold for their WrestleMania weekend show? Yeah, I think that was like day one or two after the announcement of uh, Omega and Cody as the main event. So yeah. I, I don't even know what it's up to now. Yeah. So, I mean, they and, are... and that's airing opposite NXT, by the way. I know. Same night. I know. Yeah. That's going to be quite the night, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know why they do that. That's my only complaint. I think is... they don't want to blank. It's like, we're not giving up our Saturday night. Super You're shows. going to their market. You know, this know. is WrestleMania weekend. Don't turn it into a, a, a you know what contest. Just look, Think of your fan base. They'd yeah. like to see both, whether it's there in person or at home, and want to be able to watch both live. And so, for the, you know, to me, it's just like, hey, you have the built-in audience of WrestleMania weekend. You're on their turf. Start it in the afternoon, and I, I, I think they would probably do even better as far as like if they're going to do another online pay-per-view, which I assume they are for this. I think they do better numbers than they would with. All right, we're going opposite NXT, and those who watch us will, and and those who don't, hopefully they they order the replay. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I'm excited to, to have uh, heck just the uh, I, I well a couple things. I like the 119 buck a year to get all the pay per views too. Um, I think that's fair that you get the ones that are offered on pay per view. You got to pay 20 bucks more, but it's the same. It ends up being the same price as WWE Network because they don't offer an annual discount. So you get for as long as you're willing to pay up front for the same price as WWE Network, you get everything, including their you know 35, 40 dollar pay per view broadcasts on the streaming service. So this year, the the key is is this this slam dunk makes ROH not just number two. 
but it, it moves them so far ahead of anybody else, other, other than you could argue New Japan. But if you talk about domestically-based companies, you know, U.S. and Canada, uh, ROH is, is, a, is a contender um, to be on the radar of a lot of wrestling fans, and now they have the technology to deliver the, the complete product to them on a regular basis. Yeah, I put them ahead of New Japan. Um, just it's not quality wise, but look, they're still you know you, you the, the New Japan World website is still atrocious. You know, if you're maybe if you're Japanese and and you can read Japanese, it's great. But it you know they, like can you at least do that? Uh, and can you at least come up with an English model of the same website? And they don't. I mean, you can. It takes some time and figure it out, but and then they're on access, you know, where ROH is on a syndicated platform. Ideally, we'll have a cable show here in the near future. And, uh, you know, I so as much as I enjoy the New Japan product, it just feels like ROH, because of the platforms they're on, uh, and, and just, I, I think, in, so, in some ways, too, being a, an American-based company is going to stay ahead of them for the time being. Now, as New Japan expands, well, it's going to be an interesting thing to follow, and including what's that relationship like between these companies? You know, everything seems good right now, but does does New Japan reach a point where it's like, all right, we don't feel like we need the relationship with Ring of Honor anymore? And if so, what does that do to Ring of Honor? Because so many of their talents uh, work for both companies. Yeah, they gotta they have to prepare for that. They do, oh, yeah. and they need to get better when it comes to finding young talent. You look at their roster right now, and it it really is. An older roster than you're used to seeing. It doesn't have that collection of you know the stars of the future um, that it wants. You know, there's there's Flip Gordon and there's some others, but I think Evolve is beating them, them to the punch. And some of it is association with WWE certainly helps Evolve, but it just seems like they need to be a little more active in finding those uh, you know the, the fresh young talent out there and getting them into the mix. I, I agree. I mean, when you look at the depth chart of their roster, it's it's that's the that is the if you, especially if you subtract the New Japan talent, if they were forced to choose, which I don't think will happen, um, it's you strip it down pretty quick, um, and it, to, to a roster that needs you know three, four guys. But the streaming service might give them that opportunity. That's the thing. Is Definitely, that might create the revenue stream they need to you know just you know draw in Adolf Ziggler, um, you know pay uh, get get Ricochet full time, whatever you know just. Add a few key names. And this allows ROH to compete in a landscape where WWE through 205 Live and NXT is, is hiring away a lot of talent that ROH in the past would have, would have kept around for a few more years. And, and you do have to hold. I mean, let's keep in mind that you know, WWE is owned by the McMahons. And Impact Wrestling is owned by Anthem, but they've been very much – they've been very active. They're not making money, but they've been very active where – ROH is owned by Sinclair, and you have to hope that hey, if they if they make real money off this uh, new venture of theirs, that it's going to be pumped back into the company and not just Sinclair going, hey, thanks, we'll take that money. Yes. All right, Jason. As is usual for us, we ran really long with our main topics for the week. We didn't get to the mailbag. Let's do that tomorrow and give some time. Uh, to answer, proper time to answer some of the mailbag questions that came in for us this week. Sounds great. That'll be part of the Interview Friday show with Nick Aldis that drops tomorrow. So we'll answer mailbag questions on tomorrow's show and then follow that up with part one of the Nick Aldis interview. We'll also, though, right now record our VIP after show for the members of PW Torch and ProWrestling.net. Thank you, Jason. We'll uh, talk to you on the other side of the music for VIP members. And then tomorrow we'll have our mailbag.
Now you can subscribe to our VIP podcast lineup within the Apple Podcast app using your Apple account. That's new as of March 2022. Just search PW Torch in your Apple Podcast app and you'll see the PW Torch Daily Cast logo show up. That's our free show that's been around forever. And also the PW Torch VIP Podcast logo. There is a free show every week. So subscribe even if you don't plan to go VIP and get a sample of our VIP tier programming. But if you click subscribe, then you'll become a VIP member instantly with a three-day free trial, after which your Apple account will be charged. So you don't need to take out your credit card, debit card, or go anywhere else. If you listen to our free shows on Apple Podcasts, you are five seconds away from being a VIP member with a three-day free trial. So we invite you to check it out. That includes dozens of VIP shows throughout the week, including VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows and podcasts and daily casts. All those episodes are presented to VIP members with ads and plugs removed, along with VIP exclusives like our post-pay-per-view roundtables, the Wade Keller Hotline, The Fix with Todd and Wade, everything with Rich and Wade, and many other VIP exclusive shows. Just search PW Torch within the Apple Podcasts app. All right, welcome to the PW Torch VIP After Show. Jason Powell is uh, still with me. We just recorded the Podcast One show and have more emails to get to, Jason. So as usual, let's, uh, let's get to them. I also have a couple other topics I want to bring. Actually, I'll start with this. Uh, when I said uh, Nick Aldis is polarizing, you jumped in and went, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, why, 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 why did you react that way? What, what, it, what is your impression of his reputation as polarizing? He's certainly aware of it. Yeah, it's just, you know, I mean, I, I think there's a reason he's not in WWE. Um, his wife is. He has a, he has the talent, the skills to be there. And, for you know, there's obviously a reason he's not. I know he's talked about that with you in the past. And it's, look, I, I think the guy's incredibly talented. I, I, I think he belongs in WWE. And, uh, they, I mean, they, they should have more pride in their system that, you know, Lord knows has beaten some people down in the past. And, and, and so if they feel like it's an ego issue or whatever they think it is, um, bring him in there and, and work with him and try to, you know, get, try to whatever the negatives are there, try to eliminate them because the guy's talented. But yeah, I mean, there's, I, I, I don't hear a lot of grumbling from wrestlers per se about him, but it, there is this uh, perception that he's not afraid to speak his mind, which in this day and age in pro wrestling isn't considered a good thing by the management types. Yeah. And I mean, Kevin Owens had that. I mean, you can list other guys who had a reputation sure. for like, they're going to speak up and it, it, but I think there's more to it with him. But it, like he says, it goes back to when he was 22 or 23 years old. He's like, he's 31 now. Come on, you know, look at, give him a fresh look. Oh yeah. And he deserves it. I mean, I, I think he's a fine choice for the NWA champion uh, role that they have him in right now, but this is a guy who should be in WWE. I was very surprised when he ended up leaving impact, I think the first time and they didn't do anything with them. And I think people forget they, they, they tend to remember Brutus Magnus, the early days. And then they remember kind of the disappointing run as champion. This guy did some good things in that company too. You go back and look at his tag team with Samoa Joe and those, I mean, that was a standout team. I mean, they put him together and it's like, this is odd. And they clicked so quickly uh, there. He did some really good things there, but I think that failed championship reign where, for whatever reason, the company decided, let's put the focus on Dixie and make him just stand by your side. <laughs> I think that was what, you know, that really damaged him in, in, in the, the eyes of a lot of fans, but talented individual. What uh, I want to talk, I want to talk about uh, two topics related to this. First and foremost, the NWA 
uh, championship in what uh, uh, William Corgan and Dave Lagana. We can call him Billy. I checked. Oh, really? Okay. Well, good. Because I, 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 I kind of like – to me, calling him William is just kind of like – I don't know. I feel like – What? Pretentious? Well, it's sort of – I think it shines a spotlight on the pretentiousness that might not have been intended, but everybody saw it as. So I kind of like as a little rib to kind of do it. <laughs> I've dropped the Patrick, but – Everyone's. I, I sort of feel like we should just, as a sort of a rib on his, you know, trying to change his identity a little bit uh, to, you know, we all have friends who, when they're in college, they have their nickname, and then like, you know, they get to be thirty-ish and like, I don't want, I don't want when I'm around new friends or people from work. Or Chico. Yeah, I don't. When I'm in a, well, I said in a relationship with people from work or in personal life, and all of a sudden, all your friends are calling you your college nickname. At some point, you kind of want to outgrow it. So I get that, but it's still fun to rib him a little bit about how it came across, you know, William Patrick Corgan. Yeah. We, 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 by the way, we have a mutual friend named Matt who everyone called Chico, and then I hadn't seen him in a couple of years and called him Chico, and I kind of got con- I, I, I kind of go by Matt now. <laughs> yeah, well, there's another Matt in the group, so we have to call him uh, by his last name, but we won't out his last name here because sure. he lives a secret life. Um, anyway. All right. Oh, and, and and by the way, Billy Corgan is like one of the few people on earth that I'll be like, yeah, call him Billy. Normally when I hear Billy, it's like, what are you, seven? Knock it <laughs> off. Like the well, kicker think- for the Ravens, Billy Cundiff, missed a big field goal. And I'm like, oh, I bet he would have made it. He called himself Bill or Will or William. There's all these options if you go with Billy. <laughs> Who uh, last night or on Tuesday night on SmackDown called Bobby Roode Bob Roode? I, oh, who was that? Uh, probably Rusev. No, it, it, oh, no, it was Aiden English. Okay, it was all right. And he goes, Bob Because, yeah, that, that's something, I wonder if he's playing off of Rusev, because that Rusev will call people names like that. Oh, gotcha, yeah. So, nevertheless, yeah, it, it, I get Billy wanting to be like, I'm not trying to cash in on my name. You know, like my, my I want a fresh start. So, But anyway, it, it, none of that matters as much as my question, which is, what do you think of, of the, the progress of what they're doing with the videos. I mean, they're so well-produced, and there's aspects of the way that they present wrestling, and I talked with, with uh, Nick Aldis about this, th- th- that really, I think, are, are universal and timeless and really effective in terms of, like, I love the shot of Tim Strong, uh, Tim Storm, which is it? God, I always, unless it's in front of me. Tim Storm. Tim Storm, thank you. Just think of James Storm. Yeah, I, sh- I need to. All right. I, where, I don't know who Tim Strong is. Like in my, I don't know why that happens. There right. was a Steve Strong back in the day. Yeah. Well, I, maybe just Tim looks so strong. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> Tim Storm, uh, he, I think what it is is he's a 53-year-old school teacher. He's not going to be around that long. I don't with my brain. I don't need to store space on you know in my long-term memory of who what his real name is. I need to get over that. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, so. He, I, I love the shot of him, and he played his role great in these videos. Um, I love throwing the water bottle out back in the camera angle they chose uh, in the latest video of him reacting to the title loss. And, like, this thrill of victory and agony of defeat. It's, I just think it's like this go-to, easy, free money in, in, in booking. When you just sell the thrill of victory and you sell the agony of defeat, it makes people care about the match they just watched and all matches in the future. And they did it, and they did it in this artful way. And I, I love the music and the narration and the tone and the pace. And I mean, it is, it is what it is. It's a separate thing. But I really like the job that they do with the videos. And, and I'm in, intrigued, but obviously just not enough information to know if when they get a weekly online series going, you know, if it's going to get traction. I mean, their, their NWA videos, Jason, are not going viral with the way that the Young Bucks videos are. No, but I mean, 
it does seem like those watching are very positive about it. You know, I'll hear from my readers, and it's it, 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 and believe me, you, you hear more negativity than you do positivity about different things in the wrestling industry. It seems everybody's quick to voice their displeasure with something, and you don't hear as much from people kind of putting things over that they like, and. I I enjoy it because, yeah, they're well-produced, but also it feels like a throwback thing on a new platform, which is kind of unique. Um, you know, just Tim Storm is like this just white meat baby face from a different era, and he plays his part so well. I just remember when, when they bought the NWA laughing that, okay, this 50-some-year-old guy is the champion. He's not going to be in the picture, and here he is, and he's turned out to be – one of my favorite baby faces in, in 2017. He just was so good in those in little things, just those uh, some of the videos they've done where you don't even see him. He's calling in and, and they're doing like phone interviews with him and he's doing these 10, 15 minute, I'm guessing on the time, but he's doing these long discussions in character and it, it, it just works. It works for me. So, you know, I still don't know where this is all going, how, you know, where they, they, they've announced the, all this, uh, what are they calling it? The, uh, all, crusade. Make all this, they yeah, the crusade. Yeah. yeah. And, and look, that's, that's cool. You know, I think you need to establish that it's about more than just, uh, the occasional title match. You know, this, it, it, it kind of has, that great American bash feel to it when Ric Flair would defend the title in multiple cities against all these different challengers. And I think that's what they're going for with it. And, you know, I I also like that it's, we're starting to see that it's slowly, but surely it's not just about the champion and whoever they can find to challenge him because now you have all this as the champion and yeah, some of it is going to be, he goes to different indie promotions and faces different people. But then you have this separate thing going with Josephus and, and Tim Storm, and, and I'm sure they'll add to that. So there's progression. It's not, hey, they have a big TV deal like everybody you know usually hopes for with a startup promotion. But at least there's some progression being made, but it still remains to be seen. Where does this all end up? I, I am uh, encouraged by what I have seen. But the amount of time that and resources I have to make this good first impression with these videos compared to then producing a weekly series that's sort of live to tape, perhaps, it's, it's just it's, it's going to be a different – it's like, you know, NXT has this big advantage. One hour a week, you don't have to promote, you know, a, a monthly pay-per-view. It changes the dynamic compared to Raw SmackDown. So, to you know, we, we praise NXT in a lot of ways for what they do, and the TV shows don't have the same – requirements and, and length of time and they don't overexpose the top guys. You know, imagine if Gargano and Almas were wrestling each other, you know, every week. Um, For three hours. Yeah. It's just, it, it wears. So I, I want to see what their next step is, but I, again, I, I'm encouraged by what I see so far. Uh, what, speaking of, are you encouraged by what you see so far? What do you think of the Don Callis, Scott Diamore era of uh, TNA, or excuse me, impact wrestling creative starting last week? Yeah. I mean, just kind of flat. Um, it felt like an impact wrestling show there. I didn't, you know, other than Aries winning the championship, it really didn't have anything that jumped out at me as, wow, there's change. You know, this is significant change. I opened with a Matt Seidel match against fall It's like, okay, that's something we could have seen last week or, you know, the, the previous era. So I didn't get that big feeling of change that I was hoping for. Same broadcast team that obviously has to change with Jeremy Borash leaving the company. And, and I think they're, damaged to some extent by continuing to try to get everything they can 
out of people who are leaving the company right after the tapings conclude. Yeah, you get more time with Lashley and EC3, but EC3's already shown up on NXT television. And how's that going to look two months from now when he's still appearing on Impact television? You know, it it just it gives this feeling that all right, everything's in the can, and it, it almost, there's almost a lame duck feel to it when you're still focused, dedicating all this television time to people that are gone from the company. And then the whole Aries title win, uh, that just screamed low budget to me. It, 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 I, I know they wanted to kind of mark their territory, if you will, but it's a guy who's showing up in street clothes, beating the champion in an impromptu match in street clothes, it, it also has that old TNA stench to it that, oh, here comes a guy off his WWE run. Let's make him the guy. You know? And so there were a lot of things about the show that I just came away feeling like, eh, same old, same old, but it's one show. I don't want to overanalyze it. Yeah, they're, they're, gonna, they're trying to get rearrange the pieces, and then hopefully the next few weeks when those pieces are kind of rushed into place, they have a, a better pace to things. Thank you for listening to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. Don't forget to also subscribe to our Red Logo show, the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, featuring our live post shows, which you can download and listen to on demand at any time, covering Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown throughout the week. With rotating guest co-hosts, live callers, and emails, plus on-site correspondents who talk to us right after they leave the building on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights, that's the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. Just search Wade Keller, look for the Red Logo, and click subscribe, it's free. Was there anything in tone or tenor that jumped out to you that was encouraging? I'm trying to think back. I mean, it feels like an eternity ago that yeah. I've actually watched this show, but, um, I, you know, honestly, I can't say much felt different and unique. I mean, I maybe the promos were a little better in some cases, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just I, I felt like I was watching Impact, and hey, now it's got they're back to a four-sided ring, which I'm all for. Um, but even that, you know, by the time the show is over, it's just like it's the norm. You know, not even. I mean, within 15 minutes, you just you know, I've been thinking about the ring, which was always one of my arguments against the six-sided ring. Like, yeah, kind of unique the first time you see it, and then you just forget about it anyway. And if the wrestlers don't like it because it's stiff and it's hard to bump in, get rid of it. Yeah. Yep. Okay, let's uh, let's go back to the mailbag here and go to Dom from Exus, England. Wade and Jason, I had a question about the Raw Women's Championship match at Mania and the match at Elimination Chamber with Asuka and Nia Jax. As Jason said in his Raw interview, Asuka hasn't picked her match, so it seems weird they're talking about a triple threat. Do you think it's likely Nia wins and by some sort of screw means to keep the streak alive and, the, and then Asuka chooses to face Charlotte, setting up the two women's titles at Mania? Thanks for the podcast. It helps me get through my commute to London each day. Uh, cool. Thanks, uh, Dom. Um, yeah, what is what is going on? They, they made this out to be a big mystery. Who will Asuka choose? And I feel like right. I missed a week or two of TV. I, yeah, I think they just screwed up. Um, yeah. I mean, could they do what he's saying? Could, you know, could Alexa Bliss's interference backfire or something? And then Asuka reminds people, hey, I never chose. Sure. That, that is possible. Uh, where you see you end up with Nia challenging Bliss at WrestleMania while Oscar faces Charlotte, possible. Um, but it just seemed to me like they screwed up. They moved on. Uh, they've already, they've decided she's going after the women's uh, the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania. Um, somebody screwed up. You'd think you know you, you don't even have to. I, I mean, I would have had her declared. 
but if you've decided, hey, we're going to go in this direction, well, at least have the broadcast team say, hey, she's informed Kurt Angle that this is happening. And then at least the audience doesn't feel like you did. Like, did I miss some some episodes or some funky online? Because that's what I was left wondering. Like, did they do something online, which I'm not going to pay attention to, uh, where she's declared? That was that was my only concern. Otherwise, and, and they didn't. So it was just like, yeah, there's a big gap there storyline wise. Yeah. What what do you do you have a feeling of how the women's matches at Mania end up? Um you know, I don't know who Charlotte faces. Um I because I do think we're going to get Oscar and Bliss and I don't know where that nec- Yeah, I mean, I, coming out of the pay-per-view out of the Rumble, it was like, okay, probably Rousey and Charlotte, Oscar and Bliss, but now there's been so much speculation about Rousey being in like a mixed tag match and not being in a title match that I I don't have a strong feeling. What are you leaning? No, I don't have a strong feeling either. Um, I asked you because I was kind of looking for some guidance on on where things end up. And I'm I'm, I work to avoid spoilers. I don't want people telling me what's going to happen ahead of time because I I, I think it changes how you watch the TV shows. Sure. So, you know, if if you know the ending, then you're just much less likely to experience it as a viewer does. And I want to evaluate the product in that way. I, it used to, you know, 20 years ago, it's like, oh, let's get the scoop and spoil it for everybody. Cause, but the, it's just a different product. Now, it's like spoiling what's going to happen in an HBO series. It's just not a service to your, to your audience if you do that. So I don't know. Um, I, I expect Asuka to remain undefeated, and I expect Asuka to win a championship at WrestleMania. Uh, but I don't know. I can't. I don't know who necessarily will be champion and which champion she'll face. I mean, I think there could still be a twist in that road, even though it does seem like they kind of screwed up in a sloppy way on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, all you had to do is say, hey, if she chooses this, then Nia has a chance to be in that match. But I, I just have this bad feeling based on their history that whenever she does lose that first match, it's not going to be the big moment that it should be. It's going to be like Charlotte ending her pay-per-view streak where it's like, really, you did it here and it means nothing? I just, I just have that bad feeling with this. I do too. All right, up next, Jorge Machado from Miami, Florida. It says, I wanted to get your thoughts on the mixed match challenge. This is for you, Jason. Now that we're a few weeks into the tournament, I know it's been getting some negative reviews, but I, for one, have been enjoying it. Though I agree with you that the comedic in-ring work may be off-putting due to its lack of continuity with the rest of Raw or SmackDown, I do enjoy the short break away from the serious storytelling and seeing the wrestlers let their hair down and have fun in the name of charity. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> Throw the charity. That, that isn't why they're having fun. Yes. If anything, I especially enjoy the superstars. No, the wrestlers. Superstars is, if you're on Thank payroll, you. you're required to say that. Otherwise, they're wrestlers. You have to earn superstar status in this country. You don't get it just because you're under contract. All right. So I, <laughs> or you name yourself that if you're a wrestler. Yes. I especially enjoy the wrestlers being able to showcase their characters without a WWE writer in their ear. Elias being constantly annoyed by Bailey's happy-go-lucky attitude reminded me of why I'm such a huge fan of her. Uh, why I'm such a huge fan of her in NXT. Lana having awkward training videos with Rusev lo- looking on are hilarious. Seeing Sami Zayn and Becky Lynch riff on each other shows off how funny they both are naturally. But the biggest surprise is Mandy Rose and Goldust. Their pairing shows how much more personality from Mandy Rose than what I have seen. I love their chemistry, and I think WWE should consider revisiting the storyline of Goldust having her as a protege. So I know that you haven't been overly positive on the product, but do you think there's anything worth taking from the Mixed Match Challenge and transferring it to the main roster? Do you think the women's division can benefit by having more cross-pollination with the men? Thank you for taking time to read this long email. I'm a huge fan of all your podcasts, and go VIP. Uh, uh, Jason, 
the I haven't seen a lot of Mixed Match Challenge, but nothing he did there sold me on the concept of Mixed Match Challenge. But I am for more mixing of the men and women, cross-pollination. I don't think there's... I don't think there should be a, a, a strong line between them. You know, they did a little bit of that with Enzo and Naya for a while there. But I don't think there's any reason they can't have factions with both men and women. I know somebody threw out the idea of, of Paul Heyman managing Ronda Rousey because it was sure. with Brock Lesnar. Uh, and, you know, Ronda and Brock standing together in the ring I, I, with Paul talking on their behalf is pretty cool. And I, th- I would trust Paul t- with Ronda's push more than anyone. So, yeah, I'm, I'm for that. And the idea, like, to me, I don't want frivolity, and I don't want it to seem like I'm watching the Christmas party where everybody lets their hair down and breaks character just to have fun. I'm, I view wrestling through the lens of what will draw money, and I believe what draws money is what ultimately is most enjoyable for the majority of wrestling fans, getting immersed in a product where it seems like things are at stake, there's consequences to what happens, there's a thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. I don't want Jimmy Fallon laughing in the background at all the lines on Saturday Night Live. And I said that for your sake. If that's, what, you. mix, if that's what Mixed Match Challenge is, it's, hey, let's see what people do when, they're, when they don't think the camera's on them. It's like, no. I mean, that, that's, not, that's not good for the product, and it doesn't help me enjoy Sami Zayn more as a heel on SmackDown if I'm starting to enjoy his sense of humor playing off of one of my favorites, Becky Lynch. Yeah, I okay. I don't like these videos they put out where the baby faces and heels are so chummy. I also think that the emailer is, I, I think you're giving too much credit to the, to the idea that this is the wrestlers being themselves and having fun. And it's, you know, they're, they're free from the, the reins of creative because I'm sure they're still being produced in this and being directed. Now they're, they're probably told go ahead and have a little more fun and, and keep it lighthearted, ignore the baby face heel line, but I still, I'm sure they're being produced. So I, that part, it's still, you know, a, a creative production to some extent The look that the, the matches don't matter. Um, maybe they'll feel a little more important as the tournament goes on, but I doubt it. Uh, there's, you're still having a mixed tournament for charity, which, you know, it's nice that WWE is giving money to charity. But a- as a viewer, it doesn't make me feel strong, like, well, one of these charities is going to get money. That's nice. I, but I, it's like it doesn't feel like it's really ramping, you know, kind of ramping its way up to where, oh, this is going to be exciting when you see this matchup. The matches are very lighthearted. If you enjoy that, I recommend going to house shows. You'll get some of this playful type stuff that they're doing in the ring and you're more likely to see it at a house show than you are on TV. Um, so, I mean, that's like gold dust and, and the, the bit that he did, the comedy bit on Tuesday night where, uh, he's going for a kiss with Mandy Rose after, you know, he basically both teams are mimicking what the other does and, and Jimmy Uso and Naomi are married. So Jimmy, Jimmy kisses Naomi and then gold dust, uh, after getting the crowd's encouragement decides to go for a kiss with, with, uh, Mandy and she's all for it. But Uso rolls him up. Um, you know, there are little things like that. Yeah, I get why people are finding it to be an easy 20 minutes or whatever it is to watch, and they're finding some humor in it. I, I don't feel like this is I, – I, I'm just – I'm kind of bored by it. Um, it's fine in the moment, but it's not like I find myself going, man, I can't wait to see the next one at all. There, there's none of that. I'm already to the point like, why am I covering this live after SmackDown? I could just get my audio done. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Did you know we also have a website? PWTorch.com. Daily news updates, editorials, and my live TV coverage covering Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown, and my live pay-per-view coverage for WWE and AEW. 
Create a tab or bookmark, make it a daily stop. Visit us throughout the day, every day, to keep up on breaking news and more. That's pwtorch.com. Uh, do you think WWE is is happy with how this is going? Um, how are the viewership numbers holding up as you're watching it? Well, everyone was so freaking out last week because they, they had we're down into the sixty thousand live views or something. It's like, well, there was this thing called the State of the Union that didn't help their cause. You know, it was airing opposite that, but also. You can't just look at the live views only. I mean, they're, they're airing this on a lot of different platforms. And so, I, you know, I, I don't know what they were hoping for, if live views is very important to them. And, and when it comes to Facebook, um, it, I mean, I don't sense that they're sitting around spending a lot of time in creative meetings going, what do we do to make this work? I think it just it is what it is. It's an experiment to work with Facebook and give them something on a separate plane that they can use as information and treat as something they can make Facebook think they put everything into it, but it, it's something they can just kind of put the wheels in motion and then move on to other things that matter more. Yeah. I mean, it's just a you know, lighthearted, playful 20 minutes. And, uh, you know, I, and, and I'm all for, as you talked about doing more with the men and the women, but I, I want it to be, there's a real plan here, not just let's do another mixed tag to do a mixed tag, because that's part of the reason I went into this, just rolling my eyes at it, going, you've, you've told us for decades now that mixed tag matches are completely meaningless. There's, there's, no, yeah. there's never a reason to be excited about this. They don't mean anything. All right, up next, uh, Brad M. says, I'd assume Lesnar versus Brock, I don't think that's what he means, uh, will go on last at WrestleMania. But do you think this is guaranteed, or is there a chance Ronda Rousey will close the show? This seems more likely now. Triple H and Stephanie are rumored to be involved. And is there any way Nakamura Styles closes the show? I, I think it'll end up being Roman and Lesnar closing the show. Um, I, I still think, I look at Nakamura and Styles as Vince kind of giving the the, you know, the so-called internet fan, their dream match. And it's going to be positioned well, but I'd be very surprised if it closed the show. I mean, this is Vince's baby. You know, he, now there might be some appeal in look at us and look, you know, look at how progressive we are to putting a, a match involving Rousey on late. But I, when push comes to shove, I think he goes with, he wants his closing shot of WrestleMania to be Roman standing triumphantly with the title belt. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Women's Rumble la- ending the show. If Rousey was against Asuka or Rousey against Charlotte, I th- I wouldn't rule that out um, sure. as as a final match on the show, you know, to just really make a statement. It, it Part of it depends, and it shouldn't, how much they're paying Ronda. You know well, I mean? you know what? It should depend on how good can she be. I know. It does, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I think I think Reigns, Reigns Rock is most likely to finish. What, any, what are the odds of Styles Nakamura concluding the show? Um, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to, I'll just say, give it like 3%. I, I, I mean, as much as I look forward to that match, I just think Vince is going to look at Reigns and Lesnar as being bigger. Uh, what do you, Kenneth, Kenny Williams of uh, Mobile Alabama, Kenneth Williams, excuse me. What do you guys think of uh, Kenneth Patrick Williams? No, I'm kidding. What do you guys think of Braun, <laughs> uh, think Braun Strowman is going to be doing at WrestleMania? I could see him in the Battle Royal match and winning, but I think he deserves a better spot than that. Any chance the Kurt Angle Triple H match doesn't happen and they go with Braun versus Triple H? Love the show. Always looking forward to listening. Thanks, Kenneth. Um, I mean, there's, there's already rumors of Braun against The Miz, which is yeah. a little odd to me, but. Look, I, I think it was Johnny Fairplay, of all people, who came up with an interesting take. I know, it's shocking, but I, I, I love busting Johnny's balls. But, um, you know, he noted that 
the Andre the Giant documentary comes out basically at the end of WrestleMania weekend. It comes out right after SmackDown, that you know, at the the post Mania edition of SmackDown. And he's wondering if that will lead them to do a little bit more with the the Dray, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Um, and maybe it does, you know, maybe they do put a little, try to make that seem a little bigger, put a little more star power in there this year. I, I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting idea. Um, I, I would hope, I think Braun is above that unless, because right now that's been a kickoff show match. If it, if it becomes bigger for some reason, if they put a title shot at stake or something, you know, there's just something to make it feel bigger. Well, then maybe that's a slot for Strowman. Otherwise, I do think he gets a singles match on the show. I don't think he is Rousey's partner if there's a mixed tag match. I, I, I wouldn't do that. If it's like Rousey and a partner against Stephanie and Hunter, I don't make it brawn. They, you know, they may feel differently, but I think he's going to be higher profile than the Dre. Yeah, I, I like that. I I mean, I, I like, but I also hope it works out that we don't have just an obvious, you know, top five matches and that just they all fit into place and that nothing nothing's going to change it. I, I think that, you know, with the, the questions about the women and Rousey and and Braun Strowman, uh, there's enough question marks. And then, you know, Jason Jordan, you know, is he healthy or not by then? Uh, it, it sounds, according to his wife, that this is minor and he should be fine. And I hope he is. And then I hope they, you know, milk the Seth Jordan thing to the point that it's Seth versus Jordan. And I think that could be a good match. Uh, what, what it, let's talk about Jason Jordan and we can wrap up on this note, Jason. What, sure. what do you think of Jordan and his progression? But also, what are the options for him and Seth at WrestleMania? And do you do anything besides one on one Jordan Seth? Um, I mean, you know, Kurt may fit into their plans too. I, it, it, with him being sidelined, Without knowing just how long it's going to be, you know, I, I assume there's if we're talking weeks and maybe, you know, maybe six to eight weeks kind of a thing is my guess. I mean, it's minimally invasive, they label it as, but it's still a discectomy, which I've had a couple of those on my back. And just for the back, it's six to eight weeks before you can, you know, you, you can be up and walking right away. But when it, and, and that's certainly not wrestling. So I, it's not the same procedure. But still, I got to think there's going to be some delay in him returning. And I just don't know if it's going to be enough time for them to feel comfortable with planning something for WrestleMania for him. If, let's say, Jordan's out of the picture, I, I see what they're doing now on the house shows, which is putting Finn Balor and Seth Rollins together, challenging Sheamus and Cesaro. Maybe that's a direction they go because I don't know that they have anything big planned for either guy otherwise. And you look at the tag team division on Raw right now, they're down to Titus O'Neil and Apollo Crews and Gallows and Anderson as their babyface tag teams. There's just, you know, there, there, there weren't that many to begin with, uh, but, you know, Dean Ambrose got hurt, Jeff Hardy got hurt, and then Jason Jordan got hurt. There's really a shortage there, and I would think they're going to want to have Sheamus and Cesaro on the card too. And so them being challenged by Rollins and Balor might be a good fit. That, that's the other thing is there's the the Finn Balor Balor Club situation, how that manifests itself at WrestleMania, and I you get mixed signals on how committed they are and Anderson and Gallows. I mean, they got the win over the Revival, so I guess they're more priority than the Revival. Well, but, I, but then turn around and, and lost to them on the kickoff show, so that was parody booking one on one. Well, they they just won this week. I mean. Oh, well, yeah, but Balor was in that match, which I still, I hated that. I, I know, absolutely hated I it. Know. For a lot of reasons. Yeah, for a no, number of reasons. So, yeah, I, I mean, they have some pieces to play with at WrestleMania, but I'm getting mixed signals on where they are. I, sticking with Jordan and Seth for a minute, 
I think Seth is the one coming across as the dick. <laughs> and, and, a little, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he and Ro- the way Roman, what was it where Roman made fun of somebody and made a weird facial expression? And I was like, that's what bullies in school do when they're making fun of some kid who isn't cool. Like, there's just still things about Roman where I watch and, and the way he overreacted to Jordan and, you know, sent him away. It was just like almost cruel. Like how, how it just, he doesn't have that instinct for how to be likable when he's doing certain things. But I, I blame, I blame the creative for that. It felt like Jordan should have been a little more weaselly or, or something. I I think because, I mean, if you look at the storyline, Jordan has been a pain, you know, he has cost them matches. He's done stupid things. He's overzealous, but we weren't reminded of that. And, And it just kind of looked like, Here's this poor guy. It, you know, and if you're just watching that episode, it's like here's this poor guy who just wants to help out, and Roman's being a jerk to him. But if you look at the big picture and you get a reminder of that, I think it comes off differently. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out, exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. So is is there any ch- well like I I said this you know at the beginning of our conversation I think that you can ju- Jason Jordan can justify everything he's done just about other than the overzealousness where it's like sometimes you can be doing the right thing but it just it's the wrong time in the wrong place yeah and but to me like the way Seth was yelling at him I agree it's like how they're being produced and how creative is portraying him but. I, they need to watch that back and go, I, I know the fans like booing Jason Jordan. And, I mean, he is a natural, smarmy heel. And so much of what he does is just perfect for a heel in 2018. And the crowd is, you know, we get the live reports. They're really booing him. But I don't think it helps Seth's character and Roman's, but mostly because it's a Seth Jordan dynamic. Roman's kind of a fill-in. Uh, I, I think Seth is just coming across as overreacting and being, uh, you know, kind of like a, you know, like AJ. They, you know, his his idea is he kind of has a snap temper, but it kind of he's more justified when it happens. And but with Seth, it's like this overreaction to a guy who's just making some honest mistakes uh, in his overzealousness. And I want Seth to be more likable in trying to set Jordan straight instead of seeming like a jerk in the way that he does it. And it's been in the ish, it's been part of the dynamic more than just this week. Yeah, and I, I don't think it's like intentional, like they're turning Seth and we're supposed to be thinking, what a jerk. I, right. I think it's just poorly scripted. Yeah, I mean, they knew on Monday that this guy obviously was going in to, to, to have surgery, and they still have Seth Rollins react like Jordan's an, an, an ass for getting hurt. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that's what it came down to is he, he – yep. exactly. it'd be different if it was, oh, this guy's – you know. He's playing games. He doesn't want in this match. He's, this is a cop-out. He's full of it. But no, you see the very next day, like, the man underwent surgery. So, yeah, that makes Rollins look like a jerk for having that reaction. It does. I know. Yeah. I, uh, head scratcher a little bit. Well, uh, yeah, go ahead. What would you do? I mean, Rollins, Balor, who's, who, if, if they're going to eventually turn one of them heel, who's that guy? Um, I'd turn Balor heel. I would too. Yeah, I mean, it still feels a little too soon with Seth. Plus, I think you have the Dean thing, 
when, when he comes back that that it just feels like the timing will be right soon for him to turn heel. I still want Balor and then the Balor club to move to SmackDown where they can be standout heels and not just guys lost on Raw. Yeah, yeah, what you said. I, I think Balor on SmackDown as a heel opposite of AJ Styles has SummerSlam main event written all over it, and you can feud them for four months, let them have great matches, and there's a history with Anderson and Gallows and Styles you play off of, not to mention just Bullet Club and New Japan. Uh, that and, 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 you know, like, and Nakamura, for that matter. Yeah, really. Yeah, absolutely. So... And and you know it would you know Balor doing that 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 goofy grin uh, as a as a heel you know smug self satisfaction wide eyed big mouth grin like hey aren't we great like I th- I mean he played a successful heel in New Japan I think he could in WWE and yeah go go to SmackDown and be a heel faction and have Anderson and Gallows as heels challenge the Usos you know whatever I mean just there's there's things you can definitely do. With Balor's heel. And Seth, if he turns again, he's becoming Lex Luger, Kurt Angle, Big Show. Too, I agree. Too many turns. AJ Styles and TNA. Too many turns. Bobby Root, you know, just there's guy, you know, there's that list of people where you're like, you never take any any of their roles seriously. Randy Orton, you know, faced this too. Uh, where you just stop taking anything they do seriously because they're they're the utility guy who's booked as a heel or face based on how the roster shakes down in the top tier. Oh, we need a heel. Well, let's turn him heel. Oh, no, we're, we're weak on the face side, so let's turn him face. You don't want to be that guy. And and Seth deserves better than that. He does. He's a better heel than he is a baby face, but it's just too soon to go back to it. You know, the, the Wait till the time is right. All right, I'm going to sneak in one more question. Frank from Farmingdale, New York. Could we maybe get Paul Heyman turning on Brock Lesnar and helping Roman Reigns win the title? Perhaps Paul becomes the mouthpiece for Roman going forward, not necessarily as his full-time manager, but shows up time to time to cut promos and is there for big matches. Heyman did manage the Simone SWAT team in WCW, so they could talk about a family history and draw upon that. He also wants to know if he's going to like Pat Shermer as a head coach. Um, we'll start with the with Lesnar. See what I said going into the last Lesnar and Reigns WrestleMania match. That's what I was hoping the finish was going to be, yeah. and that they would actually turn Roman. And, I mean, you saw that love fest with Roman and Paul and the uh, like the sit down interviews from the Snowden Raw and things like that, where they were respectful uh, to one another, and, and it just seemed like. Wow, this this could actually happen. It didn't. I'd love to, but uh, it, with Vince McMahon and Roman Reigns, you know, seeing is believing on the heel turn at this point. I just, I, I think it's the right move. I, I still, even you know, these few years later, I, I'd still like to see that be what they have in mind for this year's Mania. But I, I just kind of give it up. I, I, I don't think it'll happen. Is is Roman Reigns gaining traction as a babyface enough where you know we should slow down on? You know, well, a heel turn's the only thing that will work. I mean, is he at a place that's good enough where a heel turn, it's 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 two years too late, and they just got to ride it out? He should be a heel. Um, look, I, I I think, yeah, there's been some traction made, but uh, some, so much of it was, well, they reunited the Shield. And even now, while well, he's teaming with Seth Rollins, and you still hear it, the crowd cheers for the idea uh, when they show them backstage together and they're putting that match together, they cheer, and then Roman comes out and they boo. Um, you know, and they're just going to continue to play that, well, any reaction is a good reaction card. He's better off as a heel than he is as a babyface, and I think that whatever you're getting now with him, it's about to turn sour because it is so, you know, just feels so obvious, and it has for so long that he's going to 
whether it was the Rumble or the Chamber, he's going to win, he's going to face Lesnar, and he's going to beat him at WrestleMania, and I think there's going to be some backlash with that, even though I'm a little more forgiving because at least Vince McMahon didn't screw up the Rumble this year to get his uh, his dream payoff for Roman Reigns that ultimately is just going to lead to him being booed by the WrestleMania crowd again. I, one last last question. Um, sure. Uh, and it, we didn't talk about the uh, NXT TakeOver lineup. We talked about WrestleMania. Uh, it, Lars Anderson, I hear he's better, uh, whatever was going on with his knee or health issues. Um, and he's he's back and ready to go, but he missed the last taping. And so oh, he, Lars Sullivan. Well, yeah, for, I, I got confused for a second. Okay. Yeah, and, and so he was you know likely to be in a prominent match at TakeOver, and that kind of got rewritten. Uh, Drew McIntyre is on rehab, but I don't think – there's necessarily enough confidence that he'd be ready in time to book him in what seems like a logical rematch against Andrade Cien Almas. I wouldn't be surprised with the direction they're going with everything if uh, McIntyre bypasses NXT and just ends up at the main roster. But uh, are I'm you here? Is that what you're hearing, or that's what you think makes logical sense? Well, it was no secret that when he lost the NXT title to Almas, they were calling him up. And so if he does show up for, say, TakeOver or just you know even the TV tapings that follow, I just assume it's going to be a very brief run. Some of it, it really, I think it... He's number one. He's main roster ready. There's no doubt about that, and he can be a real player if they handle it properly. But I think another part of this is that you look at the NXT roster and you look at Drew McIntyre. I know he dwarfs them. You know, and you know he's going to have that issue on with some of the guys on the main roster too. But like I, I think I, I'd even heard that's one of the reasons they held off on going with McIntyre and Adam Cole was it just would have been it, it would have looked silly. Yeah. It, it would. And I, I brought that up in part because when we're talking about a Roman Reigns heel turn, you know, who, who is the lead babyface then? And if you don't turn Seth, Seth can be a, a serviceable placeholder as a top babyface. You have Braun Strowman, more of a utility, top-tier guy. Uh, you know, you can go with him, but it's unconventional. Uh, you have AJ Styles, who you could move over to Raw, but then you've got to have a top babyface on SmackDown. Uh, and I could see that happening. I could see AJ moving to Raw and Drew McIntyre being called up and going to SmackDown and becoming the lead babyface there. You, you, uh, who else comes to mind as they could be the lead centerpiece babyface working house show main events and winning and working pay-per-views? Who on that roster, if they turn Reigns heel, makes that more possible? Well, I think Braun is the guy, even right now. Um, they haven't done great with him when it comes to but it's just because they've been so obsessed with this reigns lesnar thing uh, look i i think you can put the title on reigns as and turn him heel and be just fine even though there's not that obvious john cena type there and i think drew mcintyre has shown the ability to be that guy if you saw what he did in, in impact wrestling um, I, I think he certainly has that uh, that uh, the, the skill set when it comes to the mic work and everything else. But it, it, I don't even know that you need like Strowman would be the guy, but I, I would hold off on that match. You know, I would part of it would be Paul Heyman and, and a clever Paul Heyman way dodging Braun Strowman because I think you can get by with Braun Strowman's your top baby face. You want to see him get that title match, and he's not. But in the meantime. Roman Reigns as a heel is going to carry you. He can work with 
John Cena, you know, any of the baby faces, really, you know, there's, there's at that point, then you don't turn Dean Ambrose. So that's an option. Mm-hmm. Seth Rollins is an option. And I just think that really carries you through it. Whoever he's working with as a baby face at that point is going to be elevated for that month or however long the program lasts. And, and I think people rally behind that because of their dislike of Roman Reigns. I, I really think they'd be fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Very good, Jason. Thanks. Always fun talking. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and uh, we forgot to answer his question. Yes. Um, You know, I'd love to tell you it's going to go great. I know for sure. Like he was the offensive coordinator and it's he he was a good one. Um, He had a successful by Cleveland Brown standards run there. And (laughs) but it just, you know, I I think here my, my concern with him, they've already said he's a guy that needs to relax a little bit. I don't so I you know we'll see how he handles the New York media and the other part of it too is if you look at the Vikings offense yeah Thielen was big and 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 Diggs was big it was throw the ball to who's open how is Odell Beckham Jr going to handle that um he's such a strong personality and he's going to say the right things going into the season but if he's not getting his numbers how how disenchanted is he going to become so it, it it's I, I think it's a good hire but I, I, I can't pretend I know enough about Pat Shermer to go slam dunk. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Very good. Thanks again, Jason. We'll talk to you next time. Sounds great. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out, exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. So yesterday, WWE came out with their complete 2017 financials, and I posted a few stories on PWTorch.com yesterday about the uh, highlights from that, and I'll continue to talk about it and, and, and add some more stories uh, over the next few days coming out of the financials, especially when we get the complete year. There's a lot to digest and a lot to compare to 2016 and 15 and 14. One of those key statistics or key metrics, as we're calling it this, this millennial, is uh, the digital media growth. And the, that was one of the talking points in, in uh, one of the areas that WWE management touted in their press release, documentation, and media or uh, investor conference call. And the digital media growth over the last four years has, has done this in terms of gross revenue. In 2014, $21 million. In 2015, just under $22 million. In 2016, $27 million. And in 2017, just under 35 million. So that's a lot of numbers to throw at you. But the growth, uh, starting in 2014 to 2015, was 600,000. Then the next year, it grew 5.4 million. And then between 2016 and 2017, it grew by 7.6 million. That's a pretty steep growth curve. Now, we're still talking about a fraction of overall business that WWE does. Uh, Digital media revenue right now is 17% 
of the number or the, the, the total revenue that WWE Network earned in 2017, for example. It's only 13% compared to TV rights revenue. It's 23% of live ticket revenue, but it's growing. And one of, and, and other areas are flat. You know, WWE Network subs were growing for a while. This In 2017, not much growth. And I document those numbers and kind of put it in perspective in my articles at pwtorch.com. So I, I hope you'll check those out. And I went in-depth on this yesterday for VIP members on my uh, Daily Way Color Hotline, which is a VIP exclusive. There was a quote in the uh, conference call where George Barrios said there's been a long history of dollars following eyeballs. Now, that means is you don't make money at first, but if people are engaging and interacting with your product, eventually you can monetize it. And sometimes you don't know what that plan is. You know, Twitter's still on that journey themselves, this, this huge company with tons of people using it. Um, but monetization, you know, is, is something that wasn't obvious and is still evolving. So I bring all this up. One, because it's timely, it's in the news, and I encourage you to check out my articles on uh, pwtorch.com looking at the network numbers and the, uh, uh, the digital media numbers and other aspects of the WWE financials yesterday, including the live event ticket revenue and merchandise revenue to kind of put that in perspective. And I really try hard to take the, the data and then present it in a manageable way that doesn't feel like you're reading a, you know, a, a something that's written for stockbrokers or financial investors. Uh, so check that out. But I also bring it up because today's guest on Interview Friday here on the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast for Friday, February 9th, 2018, is Nick Aldis, who is the current NWA World Heavyweight Champion, having beat Tim Storm for that championship. And he's in the news because the NWA announced uh, a novel concept, which was a uh, Aldis Crusade, where he's going to defend his NWA championship 20 times in 60 days, which is a pretty ambitious schedule considering WWE just said this week on SmackDown that Alexa, or on, was it on Raw, on Raw on Monday, Kurt Angle said, you haven't defended your title since, what was it, October or something? I mean, so 20 title defenses in 60 days, that's, that's pretty ambitious. And it shows that there's some demand for Nick Aldis and some demand for the NWA championship. And maybe there's something going on, and the, there's dates in China and, and, and Europe and the United States on this 20-day uh, tour. Maybe there's some synergy here. Uh, going on uh, with, with Nick Aldis and the star power he gained as as Magnus in TNA Impact Wrestling as their champion, most recently the Global Force champion. And maybe there's uh, something about him combined with the NWA belt that has indie promoters intrigued and is gaining some traction. Maybe. It's, it's something to explore. There's some people who are skeptical that the NWA means a lot to this generation. But the NWA now owned and operated by Billy Corgan, uh, lead singer for the Smashing Pumpkins, a uh, music group I bought CDs for and, and saw playing downtown Minneapolis once. And, and uh, was, he is a voice of, of my uh, uh, teens and 20s, my college years. Uh, he is now the, uh, the, pre the, the owner of the NWA. And Dave Lagana, who's spent years in WWE Creative, also worked behind the scenes in ROH and ECW, and most recently with Billy in Impact Wrestling, they're running this new NWA, and their strategy is mobile to start off. It's, mo it's, it's social media and YouTube with the 10 Pounds of Gold video series. And so I, I'm intrigued in a lot of aspects of the wrestling business. I've been doing this for over 30 years, covering wrestling since I was a junior in high school when I started the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter. Uh, before I, I did it on a typewriter. 
I didn't even have a word processor, much less a computer, much less a Macintosh with a desktop publishing program. Uh, and so I, I followed wrestling through many for, many eras, and also I've covered it through different mediums uh, over the years. And so that's something that fascinates me on the wrestling side and the entrepreneurial side. And what Billy, who's known for his business acumen, uh, is it by people who know him, he's known for his business acumen as much as for his singing and and musical talents. And uh, and Dave Lagana, somebody who who was was a, a pioneer of sorts in the uh, podcast series that he did with ex creative team members that he worked with in WWE, and then ended up going back to TNA and, and stopping that series. But he's he's been a, around. The NWA just yesterday announced a new audio channel where there'll be essentially podcasts about their brand that are out there, taking advantage of the podcasting boom that uh, that we're in right now. So I'm fascinated to see at a grassroots level somebody with Dave Lagana's experience, somebody with Billy Corgan's business experience, passion for wrestling, experience promoting in Chicago over the years, and, and uh, his business acumen and just his entrepreneurial drive. So you combine them with some forward thinking that they engage in, and it's interesting to watch and observe and, and evaluate if what they're doing is working. And the 10 Pounds of Gold series is is very well done. I'm a fan of the way that they produce the wrestling and the tone that they set for it. So I was excited to interview Nick Aldis for this show and talk about that NWA, the, the oldest three letters in wrestling. Uh, there's such a history. Billy Corgan owns that history, owns a lot of footage, and utilizes it well in those uh, YouTube videos. So... Um, I talked with Nick Aldis in part one today about the NWA and winning the championship and how it came together, how he came to be the NWA champion and what he thinks of the uh, 10 Pounds of Gold series and how he is being received now as NWA champion compared to former TNA champion Nick Aldis. And so we get into a lot of that. By the way, as this interview progresses, uh, and we talked for... um, over, let me see the uh, the timestamp here. Yeah, over two hours. Um, and I've got some editing to do on it. We ended up with some sound problems, which you'll hear in like the last 20 seconds of, of part one today. I've got some editing to do in the latter stages, but I'm presenting part one today with, uh, with Nick Aldis. And, and I think it'll pull you in and look forward to next week's part two, where we get more into the NWA side of things. But also, uh, what does he think of Ryder Rousey? He's married to Mickey James. And he has some opinions on the Ronda Rousey signing. He also has some opinions uh, and thoughts on recent acquisitions by WWE, and especially in NXT, of uh, people he worked with in TNA. And we just talk about the, the wrestling business on a whole, too. Uh, real, real nice wide array of topics that we covered in this interview. In fact, we even talk about just philis- our, our philosophy, which we share quite a bit of similar th- opinions on, when it comes to what makes a match a great match. And it's not just, you know, a, you know, a star rating, because that's subjective. Uh, and not everybody agrees. And it shouldn't be presented as, as objective. Um, it, it, and, and so we get into that, too. So it's a real interesting and, and wide-spanning discussion with somebody who is uh, a real student of the game, real smart, uh, very articulate, and I just enjoyed the heck out of this conversation earlier this week. So I think you will, too. But first, as promised, yesterday, Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net joined me for the Thursday flagship edition of this show. And as always happens, we only talk every three weeks about wrestling. And we had so much to catch up on. 
we got near an hour and a half and hadn't even recorded our uh, VIP after show for our subscribers, um, which we, we do a, we've, for almost 10 years now, we do a VIP after show that he shares with his subscribers and I share with mine. Uh, we didn't even get to that yet. So we did the mailbag and it went over 20 minutes and we're presenting that today at the front of Interview Friday. So you get a mailbag section, uh, essentially bonus content from Jason and me discussing the topics that you bring up in the mailbag. And then we'll go from there to part one of the uh, Nick Aldis interview. And then next week we'll feature part two of the Nick Aldis interview. So that's, that is the, uh, the setup. So I hope you'll enjoy the mailbag and uh, more of my conversation with Jason. If you missed yesterday's show, definitely check it out. I always, always enjoy Jason Powell uh, when he's on the program and uh, based on our, our, uh, various metrics you really enjoy when Jason's on this show too. So uh, be sure to check that out if you missed yesterday's show. Support us on Patreon starting at $4.99. Get these shows ad-free and bonus VIP content. That's $4.99 on Patreon. Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That is the quickest, cheapest, and easiest way to support us and enjoy these shows with a streamlined listening experience. The Wade Keller Post Shows, Podcasts, and the PW Torch Daily Casts, plus some random VIP bonus content. All right, so here we go. Jason Powell and I with your mailbag questions. T from Hong Kong. Hey, Wade and Jason, as far as I'm aware, Shinsuke Nakamura does not have an opponent for Fastlane. Now, this may change in the future, but I feel they're missing out on having Nakamura complete, compete in a match that will make fans even more excited to face AJ Styles at WrestleMania. Rather than have Owens and Zayn face AJ for the title again, why can't we have a one-on-one with AJ and Owens and then have Nakamura feud with Zayn? Nakamura can be AJ's backup and take away one problem from AJ so that he has a higher chance of facing AJ at Mania. Then you can revisit Nakamura's debut match against Sammy, which is still his best match in WWE, and have a classic match to raise the expectations and excitement for WrestleMania. I don't see a suitable opponent for Nakamura to face at Fastlane. Orton seems like he's in the U.S. title picture. We surely can't revisit feuds with Jinder and Corbin again. And Rusev will probably be cheered more than Nakamura, so that's counterproductive. Who's left? I can't and won't believe WWE will let Nakamura not compete at Fastlane and cool him down, but you never know with creative. Keep up the good work. Yeah, I mean, that all makes sense. It's not happening. Hmm. Um, Obviously, you know, they've announced the triple threat. Uh, didn't they announce a four-way when this started on the arena website? I remember seeing people were, were jumping all over that, thinking that they'd given away the main event long before the show. And I think Nakamura was in it. But, you know, hey, plans change. And I, I would think it would be a mistake to add him to the triple threat right now. It might be a better match in the moment for that show. But I don't want AJ and Nakamura to do anything in the ring together on a, you know, in, in an actual match until WrestleMania. So I, I don't do that. Um, you know, I, I think that would be a good spot for Randy Orton. Look, the guys hit him with multiple RKOs out of nowhere. There's never any ramifications for it. And so, you know, I, I think they can have a good match and I think beating Randy Orton would be a nice feather in the cap. Um, now I, I'm with, uh, the emailer and thinking that, yeah, Zane and Nakamura, we've seen that match before. We know how good it can be. Uh, but I think to the average fan out there, beating Orton means more than beating Sami Zayn. Yes, I definitely agree with that. I I want to learn more about Shinsuke Nakamura one way or the other in the yes. next couple months. They 
He can't be the guy who just says, I'm going to beat you at WrestleMania. He's Henri from Cheers. I'm going to seal your girlfriend. (laughs) Yes, yes. So, come on. I mean, let's... I I hope they step up and don't just think, well, it's going to be a great match and that's all fans care about. And it's, you know, dream match. And then AJ's going to be in all these sidebar things. Well, Nakamura just kind of stalks him from the sidelines. But having, having Nakamura be in a hot feud and have some good matches and win decisively, it'd be a good way to build him up, too. Definitely. I, I, you know, I mean, he does touch on something there, like, who, who is If it's not Orton, who is it? Because there's just not... No one's jumping out at me that would make a lot of sense. I don't... Like, you can go back to gender. I really don't want them to. And, I, you know, you, you question how good that match can be. So I would, you know, I, I think he's onto something with trying to come up with a good, strong match. And with Zayn and, and Owens already occupied, Orton does jump out at me as the most likely. But am I forgetting anyone, Wade? Anyone stand out to you? No, no. That's the scary. That's... And I sure as hell don't want to see Dolph Ziggler again. I know. Yeah. Well, he's back next week. <laughs> yeah, just keep him away from Nakamura at the pay-per-view. I don't need to see that. No, but he's back next week. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like George, speaking of old sitcoms, it's like George Costanza. Quit his job on Friday, regrets it, shows up on Monday as if nothing happened. Yeah, that is so bizarre. Yeah. I mean, they just announced I, it. I don't know what they were doing. And and he's coming back against Baron Corbin. So Who, is he, A match we've seen a thousand times. And who's the baby face? Who knows? Yeah. All right, question from uh, Jason G. from Rhode Island. I really appreciate the podcast. They are great. You always have fantastic guests. I also enjoy your perspective on the WWE product because you make me think about stuff I wouldn't normally. Well, great. Thanks, Jason. My questions are, what are they doing with the Daniel Bryan Shane McMahon storyline? As far as I know, Bryan has been cleared by WWE doctors to compete, so ultimately there will be no payoff, just like with The Miz, and fans will be disappointed. Or is this because his contract is up and they want to bury him on the way out? I mean, there's so many theories, Jason, and the only ones that seem possible are ones that are so, like, counterproductive to waste time on if you're WWE that you bury your head in your hands if that's actually what they're doing. Like, this idea of, well, we want to damage Daniel Bryan before he leaves. Like, that's not going to work. That didn't work no. with Bret Hart going to WCW after getting screwed over at and double-crossed at the Survivor Series. It creates sympathy. Oh, he was so misbooked. Now we get the real Daniel Bryan. There's nothing they can do to Daniel Bryan. Because people look at him as a guy reading a script to collect a payday who wasn't allowed to wrestle, and now he's going to wrestle. There's nothing they can do to damage him. So it's such a ridiculous premise that it actually can't be true, right? But it might be because it's the best logical explanation of anything other than he's been secretly cleared, and they decide a really good way to have him return is against Shane McMahon? Like, that doesn't make sense either. So I don't know. No, I I hope they have something in mind for the payoff of the it just it feels like they're making it up as they go along I mean it's just retread material every week last week or, you know or this week's television show the only real storyline progression from it was Shane accusing Brian of living vicariously through those two that's it yeah otherwise it's just the same promo they deliver every other week there, there's nothing really it's I, I was open-minded in the beginning with this and now I'm just like can we make this stop this was what Smackdown wasn't about was uh, bickering authority figures and you know you, you'd see them and yeah, you, you know, they'd make a quick appearance and, and maybe kick off the show and announce some matches, and that was great. And now they're just, they've gone overboard, and I, I don't think they know where they're going. All right, uh, Jason from Rhode Island also asks, why are the heels in WWE having routines that the crowd participates in? Heels are supposed to seek heat. Take Elias. His routine involves asking the crowd who wants to walk with Elias and plays the guitar. How's this supposed to get heat? 
The same with Rusev Day, or go back to The Rock with his routine when he, he was a heel to a lesser extent. Yeah, Jason, I mean, at some point, you know, when, when the crowd is chanting along and Miz is facing this too to a degree, he's trying hard to push back against it more so than some other acts. Uh, it It's hard to justify being a heel and then having a chant along that people smile and get a kick out of, of doing. Uh, at least, you know, Elias, he's gotten a little more nasty when he tells people to, you know, put their phones down. I can't remember what language he uses. But the walk with Elias thing, when the crowd says it along with him, if I'm a heel, I'm like, oh, crap. They're doing what I say with enthusiasm and enjoying it. That's counterproductive. It's clever. It's fun. But it's counterproductive to being a heel. And it's unfair to the baby faces that I'm wrestling that now I'm doing a bit every week where the fans enjoy it like they enjoyed Road Dogg and Billy Gunn doing their routine. So it is. It's, it's, it runs counter to booking 101. Not everything that fans enjoy doing is good to continue with if it doesn't fit the character doing it. Yeah, it, I, I totally agree with you. Their philosophy on it, their, their mentality is they want reactions. And I, I strongly disagree with it. But that's what they want. You know, so even if it's a heel, they want that crowd participation. They want the crowd reacting in some way. And I just, you know, I, I, I think they would say that the approach that you're suggesting and that I, I, I'm all for is, is old school and antiquated and all of that. But no, it's just it really is booking 101. And for, but they're they're making up the rules as they go along now. Yeah. Uh, number three, finally, uh, why after Renee Young or anyone else does a backstage interview, do they keep the camera on the interviewer after the segment is over? Is it to get the reaction to what's been said? Thanks. Keep up the great work. They did it with Renee again. Now, it didn't get to the point of, like, I wanted to, like, throw my TV out the window. But, um, you know, this this contemplative look, it's so telenovela. lovingly at the wrestler from a distance. Oh, it's, yeah, it's so – it's just – it's so obnoxious. They don't – it's just it's – pre- it's precious. It's pretentious. It's – it's just they're trying to do something that's deep. It's like just go back to the your, your what you call sports entertainment is still a simulated uh, pr- television presentation of a sporting event, and they run from that. You know they run well uh, now. Uh, Renee should go, and now back to you at ringside, Tom. Yep. And uh, now they would say, well, but uh, internationally we have other announcers, and they're not named Tom. Well, you so know say what? back to you at ringside. Back to you at ringside. Or, you know what? If I'm watching a product from Japan and it's and the interviewer is speaking Japanese and they say back to you and they say the Japanese announcer, but it actually goes back to Kevin Kelly and Don Callis, I go, oh, that's right. I'm looking in at a product that's based in another country in another language and that English-speaking announcer threw back to the English-speaking play-by-play people. And that makes sense that now I'm hearing the Japanese people because fortunately... In this part of the show, I get to hear my native language for play-by-play. It doesn't ruin anything. It's not right. that big of a deal. It's more awkward to not have her throw back to, to, you know, but she can, like you said, just say, and now back to you at ringside. But I don't have a problem with her saying, back to Corey, at, or back, back to Corey and Tom and whoever at ringside. Byron. Yeah, it, if, I just stop and imagine, like, at the Super Bowl. Michelle Tafoy, I believe, was working the, the, the sideline interview mm-hmm. reporter gig. Um, just imagine all of the gifts out there that would exist if she interviewed somebody and then they held the camera on her and she looked, she just had that loving gaze as they held the camera on her for two seconds too long even. People would be mocking the hell out of it, but it happens like countless times during one episode of any WWE show. It, it's awful. It, it's I don't know where where they came up with this idea that this is how the, the interviewer should play it, but it, it's flawed and, and bad and needs to go away. 
Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcasts? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, and our I Was There When shows, where a guest will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PWF Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise! Alright, up next, Zach from Chicago says, I want to discuss the women's division and its development and where WWB goes from here. Ross seemed to be a sign of the times ahead where the women will have more than one championship storyline in each show. Finally, the two points I want to make are as follows. One, wouldn't it be great to see not only the two women's championship matches at Mania, but a feature match with a big storyline like Bailey versus a heel Sasha Banks. Could this happen? Number two, also, when Alexa came down and saved Mickey James, my mind started turning, and I thought of them as a tag team. How soon do you think they'll bring tag teams into the main roster? It gives another storyline to the women. We already have factions in the division, and with the growth of the roster and prospects like the iconic duo surely coming, so, coming up soon, could they do something like the Dusty Rhodes tag team classic leading up to Mania? Also, I went VIP for the upcoming Road to WrestleMania, and already know I'm going to keep it post-Mania. Love the content. Everyone go VIP. Your thoughts would be great on those topics. Thank you, Zach. Thanks for the kind words. Thanks for being a VIP member. Jason, yeah, this women's division, I talked about this, like, uh, on, I think it was VIP audio over the weekend. The, the prospects of the Women's Royal Rumble next year being the headline match or the co-headline match on a women's only uh, WWE Network exclusive. So the rum, and I'm not saying that, that it necessarily has to happen because I don't, I'm not, I didn't think having two Rumbles on the same show did a ton of damage to either Rumble. But I think it would be a way to generate a lot of excitement to have a uh, an NXT TakeOver-style women's Rumble event that airs on Friday Night Rumble weekend or a week, two weeks later, or maybe on the eve of the Super Bowl, Saturday night or something, start a new tradition and have two title matches, the women's Rumble, a tag team match, and, you know, one or two others. Put a, put a good, solid card together um, so that, that's, I'm throwing that on top of what Zach is saying, that I think there is enough depth to look, look at the women's division and start doing some other things. And I thought Monday's Raw was a step in the right direction. That was a, and it came across in my show with Travis on Monday night, um, the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show on the Red Feed. We talked like 75% about the, the developments of the women's division, and it was multiple topics. Yeah, they're finally doing more than just champion challenger and everybody else trades wins and losses on Raw. SmackDown is still not – they're not even giving the champion anything, just a meaningless match on TV and that's it. But, yeah, it's it's encouraging. I, I like that they're finally doing more as far as the, the women's – look, I'd rather see a, an all-women show than Fastlane, uh, for instance. I, I just – I can't say that I – 
need to see another SmackDown pay-per-view before WrestleMania. It may make SmackDown a little better as they build to it, but um, I, I think there's plenty they can do. I, I would be surprised, I guess, if we don't get an all-women special at some point. I don't know what the theme will be. And I'm not talking another May Young Classic. I'm talking like just a, a, a women's pay-per-view event, basically. Um, I, I think there's a market for it, and I don't, you know, whether. I, I think you could combine the rosters for something like that, uh, you know, come up with a reason to, whatever. Uh, and I think it would do well. So, yeah, I mean, it, things are improving there. I, I think some of it is they're still giddy about having Ronda Rousey. But, uh, hey, if that's what it takes to get them going on Raw, I'll, I'll, I'll take it because uh, the women have been underutilized, uh, even as much as they've been patting themselves on the back for being so progressive, even though they're 10 years behind in certain areas. Uh, it. it just seemed like it was lip service when you saw what they were doing with the storylines involving most of the women, where now it seems like they're starting to get on track. I think you can, I think we will see uh, Sasha Banks, Bailey, um, probably Mania. You know, I, I just don't know how long they're going to drag that out. So uh, there's only so many Mania slots to go around. I get that. But I, I hope it will be more than just the, the two women's championship matches. Uh, Sasha and Bailey, whenever they finally pull the trigger on Sasha turning, I think has the potential to be very good. And, and I hope we see more of that, where it's not just, again, champion challenger and everybody else is just uh, waiting their turn. Yeah, and uh, Mickey and Alexa together, I, I I looked at that as Alexa's trying to bring Mickey into the fold to help her in the chamber match. Yeah. And she's up to Everyone something. did, other than the broadcast team. <laughs> right, yes. And, you know, I, and sometimes you got to pick your spots to have the announcers look, not you know, like, dumb so you don't give away something to people who aren't thinking about it. But that was one of those moments where it was pretty obvious. Hey, I've been watching Alexa Bliss long enough to know I think she's up to something. And Mickey James has to think that, too. But... And you own you own the obvious, but then you add a new dimension to it. But could Mickey James look at this and go, "I'm not going to let that happen again." And you know what? I think my career is going better when I was, you know, with Alexa. Maybe I can use Alexa this time to my advantage. You know, throw something in there so that not every, the announcers don't look like they're part of the con, and instead they're owning what's obvious, but then adding a twist to a little intrigue to it. But I like it. I think I think Mickey James deserves to have something to work with besides, you know. You know, running to the ring to her music and, and losing, or in this case, scoring an upset win, what should not have seemed like an upset, by the way. Um, but, you know, a, a quick school school girl roll-up um, to give her a little momentum and relevance heading into the chamber. By the way, it'd be nice if they planned it ahead enough that it would be justified why Mickey James and even some others are in that Elimination Chamber match as opposed right. to Nia Jax by having some recent wins where, you know, we talk about the top ten list. It takes long-term planning that WWE Vince McMahon have not shown uh, an aptitude or desire to do. So, yeah. Get, what have the Absolution members really done to warrant being placed in that match from a storyline standpoint? They haven't, and I don't like, you know, like whenever Shane and Brian go, it's a land of opportunity. I just think that's a phrase used to justify sloppy booking yes. when we want to give someone an opportunity where there's no justification for it based on what they've done in the last six weeks. So when I hear that, it's a euphemism for, our creative sucks and we don't plan ahead and we're throwing something completely random out, random out there and we're saying, land of opportunity. So Kurt Angle doesn't have that catchphrase, but he's just a buffoon. I mean, that's his job. It's to be the guy who makes decisions where you go, what? Why? why? And, and you just go, well, it's Kurt. You know, he doesn't really have his handle on things. And I don't think that's a good way to do things, but the McMahons have to be the smartest people in the room. So Yes, they do. The, the GMs have to be treated as uh, buffoons. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think having... A women's tag team division would be 
uh, with titles. I, I, at this point, I'd give a thumbs up to it. You know, give an extra reason. You don't have to have them on every week, and you don't have to have a ton of contenders. But if you know one of the, it only you know you can just have Kurt Angle do it or, or Danny Bryan do it. it. Doesn't have to be on both brands, but create one other you know set of belts to go after. What do you think about the idea of just merging the women's championship and then actually having tag titles? So it makes the house shows a little bit easier in that. You know, I think some of the they like having titles on both brands. Well, if the champion is floating, if, you know, both sets, then the the WWE Women's Champion and the Tag Team Champions are floating. Well, you could have one on one house show and and the Tag Team Champions on the other, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, you could do that now. You could have the championship on one show and and one of your top attractions uh, on the other show who isn't champion at that moment too. You wouldn't need tag titles to pull that off. I've been an advocate from the beginning for the floating champion. But I didn't feel super strong about it. Some people have really strong opinions. You can't have the extra belt. And others said, oh, the floating champion doesn't work. I mean, growing up watching wrestling the way I did, I, you know, we saw floating champions, essentially, with right. the NWA champion. And, and, and that worked just fine. So I'm, I think having one women's champion, and for that matter, one men's champion, isn't a bad idea. But especially with the women, it, it makes it, – it, it's something I'd like to see them try – and then, yeah, you have the tag team championships, and they the, the champs defend against people on both brands. It's you know, it, logistically booking wise, it adds a little bit of complication that's out of the normal realm of how they do things. But I don't think it's that steep of a hill. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. Like any little thing like that, where it's like, ah, oh, they won't do it because it would take some extra effort for the creative team. Isn't that sad? Yes, it is. <laughs> it really is. All right. Uh, Brian from Peoria, Illinois, says, It's always great when you guys get back together on the flagship. I really enjoy your chemistry together, not to mention the extra VIP exclusive content you provide. Thank you, Brian. Uh, Upon seeing this online exclusive video with Becky Lynch and based on some of her tweets regarding the SmackDown Top 10 list, am I crazy in coming to the conclusion that they're actually doing the unthinkable and beginning the process of turning her heel? She sure seemed to be teasing a pending turn, if you ask me. In this video on YouTube, she comes across as struggling to hide some serious bitterness and jealousy toward Naomi in particular, going as far as insinuating that Naomi is undeserving of her high ranking, which I agree with, by the way, but I digress. That's in the email. Why would Becky's character suddenly become so petty as to get upset that one of her friends got voted higher than her in a popularity contest? Instead of focusing on this as a motivation to work harder and get better to earn her peers' respect, like Ty Dillinger did in his online video, for example, all she can think about is how unfair it is that Naomi got voted ahead of her. On the surface, she mostly stays within the bounds of otherwise, uh, within the bounds otherwise, as far as being a babyface goes. But was quick to seemingly catch herself and snap out of it after she fired that cheap shot at Naomi. But there was enough that seemed off about her demeanor and delivery to suggest something ominous looming. Say it and so, guys. I know this isn't a guarantee for several reasons. This hasn't yet aired on TV, and the heel—that's the trick, right? The there. heel women already greatly outnumber the babyface women on SmackDown. I'm not sure how else to interpret what I see here. If I'm wrong about this, and the plan is to keep her babyface, I question the decision to undercut her likability and everyone, uh, everything else her character stands for. Who knows? Maybe her pairing with Sami Zayn in the mixed match challenge had a bad influence on her after all. Um, so interesting letter. It's longer than I usually read on the show, but I, I think it is with the top ten list in our discussion on that and. The idea that they're going to use that to, to trigger storylines, Naomi being that high in the list jumped out as much as anything. You know, like, why, why, why is she that high on the list? And I can understand Becky speaking out about it. Did, did you watch the actual video, Jason? No. I, I, I look, they have so much content on television. The idea that you have to actually go watch all these YouTube videos, it just you know, makes me roll my eyes at them. 
nevertheless, I think Brian did a good job recapping. Oh, it, for sure. And, and I think that if Becky isn't turning heel, I'm not sure that that's the best approach to take, um, to come across the way Brian says she did. I'm, I'm hoping that it's not a heel turn, but the fact is I think Becky will be great if she goes heel. Now, I think it's – I wouldn't vote for it because I think she's maybe the best baby face that they have right now on the roster. No kidding. Yeah. So I'm against the move, but some people who, when they turn, can be in effect, can be good in that role. I hope they don't do it. I'm against it. But I don't think it's like disaster because I think fans feel a passion for her. And if she did it right, they could that could flip over to being genuinely upset. You know, there's some people – like Robert Root turns heel. There's not going to be kids tearing up their Rick Root posters in their bedroom at night. Like, oh, how can he do this to me? But with Becky, people would. Like, there'd be people who think they're not – quote, marks, turning into marks, going, oh, how could she do this? She's supposed to stand for this and that. So in well, that sense, it, it can work. I, I don't know, Wade. I, I have a feeling that would be more of how could they do this and turn her heel. There would be that, but I think I've, I see it online. I mean, there's people who who still look at they – would, they would blame Becky for not standing up for what her character should be. You know, like they'd rationalize it in some way and have that okay. – you know, so, nevertheless, uh, I, I, it's another example, though, of turning that top ten list into something, you know, that, that can be a, a help trigger different storylines. They just have to do a good job with it, but it is something where you've now created a weekly discussion point for wrestlers. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's probably what this is. And again, it's you know what he touched on, the, the lopsided count between babyfaces and, and heel women on SmackDown already. My guess is they just want some buzz they want people paying attention to that top 10 list and so they're kind of using you know teasing this with becky i i'd be surprised i mean look we could end up getting charlotte feuding with becky if they do i'd much rather see charlotte as the heel and becky as the baby face i I think they're both naturals in those roles but until we see this on television i'm just going to kind of go it's another it's another universe basically i mean not that none of it matters but until you actually see it on television, it feels like very little of it does. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's uh, wrap up on that note, Jason. It is not too late to make a New Year's resolution, even if it's no longer the time when people are saying Happy New Year, especially if you're looking to get fit and have nutrient-dense food that's going to give you energy without a bunch of sugar, salt, fat, and processed stuff that just doesn't serve your body well. And one way to do that is with home delivery of Factor chef-prepared meals. Fuel up fast with ready-to-eat nutritious meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list And you don't have to cook before you settle in to watch wrestling during the week. Achieve and maintain your 2023 goals with Factor. It is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Start saving time, eating well, and living your best year yet. You've heard me talk about these before, I suspect. And I order Factor meals on my own, whether they sponsor the show or not. I'm a believer in these meals. Sometimes I'm just too busy to cook, even though I like to cook. But I know when I'm eating good food, and it's so nice knowing those factor meals are in the refrigerator, fresh, never frozen, with whole food, healthy ingredients, ready to be microwaved in just over two minutes, and I'm eating. 
I don't have to wait 45 minutes for delivery and pay a tip. And frankly, so often that delivered food is full of fat, it's deep fried. You're not going to get that with Factor Meals. No matter your lifestyle, Factor has delicious flavor-packed meals to help you live life to the fullest. There's keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and protein plus options on the menu each week. They are prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. Each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. You don't have to calorie count or try to figure out how much protein or carbs you're getting. They balance it for you. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. I always look forward to hitting refresh on the Factor website and seeing the new date pop up for the meal plan a couple weeks out and selecting the meals that I want. You don't have to select meals. They will automatically send you their selection based on your prior selections, but you can customize it too. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes in the microwave. No prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash wade50. That's a new website and a new code this month. Head to factormeals.com slash wade50 and use code wade50 to get, this is clever, 50% off your first box. That's code wade50 to get 50% off at factormeals.com slash wade50. Treat your body right, give yourself more energy, and save time and money with Factor Meals and get 50% off with coupon code WADE50. Aloha, George Faithful. This is Kelly Wells, host of PWT Talks NXT. Every Thursday, you can hear me and my gang of idiots, Tom Stout, who shares thoughts from the live tapings, and Torch Recapper Nate Lindbergh, as well as a rotating cast of guests, cover the matches and events in NXT Live on USA Network. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe, or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Cheers! With some podcast memberships, there's a complicated system of having to enter a username and password in advanced settings, and it works on some apps but not others. That's not the case with PW Torch VIP membership. We now have a slick setup where you're a single click away when you go VIP from having your podcast feed automatically generated on Apple Podcasts. All you need is an authorized VIP membership as soon as you sign up on our express sign-up form, which takes about a minute. You'll get a link, and you click on it, and it opens Apple Podcasts and subscribes. No entering anything, no advanced settings. You can also subscribe on more podcast apps than ever other than Apple Podcasts, including Beyond Pod and Dogcatcher on Android and many others on iPhones and iOS. So VIP membership, it's more convenient than you realize. Get all the benefits of VIP membership, all the VIP-exclusive podcasts, and these shows with the ads and plugs removed with a VIP membership pwtorch.com slash go VIP. It's quick, it's easy, it's convenient, and we think it's worth it. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. Anytime you're watching WWE Raw or SmackDown or AEW Dynamite in particular, send us an email if you've got thoughts on the show or a topic you want us to address or a question for us. Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. If there's anything else going on in pro wrestling that you want us to address on our main podcast during our mailbag segments, that same email applies. Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. We invite that interaction. Let us know what you think of what we're saying and let us know what you want us to talk about and ask us specific questions. Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. As many of you know, I like my food analogies when it comes to pro wrestling. 
Don't ask me how I make it work, but I think I do some of the time. I, I really actually am into food. I like uh, nutrient-dense food. I think about what I eat. I think about what I put in my body. I think I make good choices, and I have good energy, and I maintain my weight well. And part of that is whole foods and nutrient density. But that's not always possible when you're in a rush or when you don't want to order out and spend the money on the tip and waiting for the driver to show up. And a lot of us don't always have time to cook. Some people just don't like to cook. And that's where factors, fresh, never frozen meals, come into play. I have regularly ordered those on my own. I found that I like to have a supply of factor meals always on hand. It takes about two minutes to heat and eat. Factors fresh, never frozen meals make it easy to fuel up fast. Savor the harvest season with Factors Pumpkin Feast for Two, featuring fall's most craved flavor, pumpkin. This ready-to-eat bundle helps you make the most of autumn with a full spread that feeds two. It might make for a good fall date night. Factors rotating meals have ton of fall options every week, too. You can add your seasonal favorites like three bean vegan chili, one of my favorites, or Tuscan tomato chicken, or many other options on their menu, which changes every week. In fact, Factor offers 30-plus meals per week and 36-plus add-on options like smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep me going no matter what's on the schedule. If you need more protein, you can now add protein to select vegan and veggie meals to pack an additional boost in every bite. If you're trying to work out or just increase your protein content, Factor makes that easy. And Factor, as I noted, is cheaper and quicker than takeout. Seriously, thanks to their commitment to ingredients with integrity, you can actually feel good about what you're eating every day, and it tastes great. They don't add a bunch of extra salt and artificial ingredients to try to fake it. They use real whole food, and you'll taste it. So when things get extra busy, Factor is flexible. Change up your order every week with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week, or pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And Factor has options for everyone, however you like to eat. You can choose from keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and protein plus to get chef-crafted, dietitian-approved recipes you'll look forward to every time. As many of you know, I eat a primarily vegan diet, and I choose vegan options. And the variety of options just in the vegan category keeps me going. Again, I can attest to this as someone who likes to cook and likes to eat out. And frankly, I'm kind of picky about restaurants I'll go to a second and third time. These are chef-crafted recipes packed with restaurant-quality flavor. Factor keeps renewing their sponsorship of this show, and they have through the year 2023, because our listeners have found this to be a product that works for them. I think it will work for you. One thing I've found that's helped me maintain my weight as I've aged is nutrient density. It's about eating food that has high-quality ingredients without a lot of processed, empty calories. And Factor's dietitians have figured that out for you. They've done the work, and they deliver it to your doorstep. So here's what you do. Head over to go.factor75.com slash wade60. I'll repeat that in a second here. And you'll get 60% off your first box. That's code wade60 when you go to go.factor75.com slash wade60. That's go.factor75.com slash wade60 to get 60% off your first box. Give yourself a reason to look forward to going to the mailbox each week with a PW Torch newsletter paper copy subscription. Details at pwtorch.com slash paper copy. It's 12 pages every week packed with my TV reports along with exclusive features such as my cover story on the top story of the week, our pay-per-view roundtable reviews from the Torch staff, exclusive feature-length columns from Greg Parks, Rich Fan, Sean Radikin, Alan Cunahan, and Zach Hadorn, Torch Talk transcripts, the latest news, and more pwtorch.com slash paper copy. Take a break from screen time and settle in every week with a mega dose of wrestling news and analysis with a pro wrestling torch newsletter, 
paper copy edition in the year 2022. You can get a full year of home delivery for just $99. Or try us for an eight-week trial subscription. pwtorch.com slash papercopy. One benefit of VIP membership is access to our back issue library, contemporaneous, in-depth, insider reporting on pro wrestling in real time over the past 30-plus years. And throughout the year 2022, we're going to begin our march through the year 2002 with back issues posted each week in PDF and all-text formats. You can read it in a PDF format with our original magazine-slash-newsletter-style layout on your screen and flip through the pages, or you can read a straightforward all-text format on your phone or tablet or laptop. The back issues early in 2002 covered the arrival of Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan to WWE and all the controversy that came with them, plus my cover story that broke the news on the planned launch by Jerry and Jeff Jarrett of a promotion called TNA. Also, the early 2002 features are 2001 year in review features, including ranking Pro Wrestling's most influential power brokers and our Torch year-end awards, the year in quotes, and the top 50 stories ranked in order from the year 2001. So go VIP and dive into our back issues. We have most of our back issues available as soon as you sign up with new back issues week by week from the year 2002, one at a time throughout the year 2022. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. That's pwtorch.com slash go VIP for full information and our sign-up form. It's more than podcasts. It's an unmatched library of wrestling history spanning more than three decades as soon as you sign up with more issues added throughout the year. Every Sunday night, catch Wrestling Night in America on PWTorchDailyCast.com, hosted by me, PWTorch columnist Greg Parks. Each week, I'll welcome a co-host from the Torch family to discuss the big shows in pro wrestling taking your calls and emails. You can listen live most weeks beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday nights with a WWE or Impact pay-per-view, we go on the air at the conclusion of that pay-per-view. You can listen live, but of course the full show is available for download on demand anytime shortly after it airs. Visit PWTorchDailyCast.com and click the live stream link to find the next scheduled live show link. Search PWTorch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Wrestling Night in America every Sunday, PWTorchDailyCast.com. Wrestling fans, are you that person that works in a pro wrestling reference to every aspect of your life? Well, we're those kind of people too, but we do so with mixed martial arts. I'm Robert Vallejos, host of MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, every Monday on PW Torch's Daily Cast lineup. Not only do we cover every UFC and Bellator event, we provide context that only a wrestling fan would really understand. I mean, we're the type of people that if you ask us about how much of a mess the middleweight title situation is, we're likely to reference WCW in the early 90s. Think of us as a podcast for casual MMA fans done by hardcore wrestling nerds. And you can find us by searching PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or any popular podcast app. And we're always available on demand at pwtorchdailycast.com where you can check out the entire lineup of the PW Torch Daily Cast.
It's a new year, so why not treat yourself to a PW Torch VIP membership and get these shows with the ads and plugs removed and a ton of VIP exclusive audio shows such as the new Focus on AEW and Focus on WWE series that I record throughout the week dedicated to a focused look at WWE news and a focused look at AEW News, along with commentary, analysis, and Q&A with VIP member listeners. Plus our post-pay-per-view, VIP-exclusive roundtables, and so much more. Plus over 35 years of archives of podcasts, radio shows, newsletters, articles. Check it out, pwtorch.com slash govip. It tells you all about membership. So why not make 2022 the year that you enjoy all the benefits that come with a PW Torch VIP membership? Thanks for listening to our podcast. Did you know we also have a website? pwtorch.com, daily news updates, editorials, and my live TV coverage covering Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown, and my live pay-per-view coverage for WWE and AEW. Create a tab or bookmark, make it a daily stop, visit us throughout the day, every day, to keep up on breaking news and more. That's pwtorch.com. One benefit of VIP membership is access to our back-issue library, contemporaneous, in-depth, insider reporting on pro wrestling, in real time over the past 30 plus years. And throughout the year 2022, we're gonna begin our march through the year 2002 with back issues posted each week in PDF and all text formats. You can read it in a PDF format with our original magazine slash newsletter style layout on your screen and flip through the pages, or you can read a straightforward all text format on your phone or tablet or laptop. The back issues early in 2002 covered the arrival of Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan to WWE and all the controversy that came with them. Plus my cover story that broke the news on the planned launch by Jerry and Jeff Jarrett of a promotion called TNA. Also, the early 2002 features are 2001 year in review features, including ranking pro wrestling's most influential power brokers and our torch year end awards the year in quotes, and the top 50 stories ranked in order from the year 2001. So go VIP and dive into our back issues. We have most of our back issues available as soon as you sign up with new back issues week by week from the year 2002, one at a time throughout the year 2022. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. That's pwtorch.com slash go VIP for full information and our sign-up form. It's more than podcasts. It's an unmatched library of wrestling history spanning more than three decades as soon as you sign up with more issues added throughout the year. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcast? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the U.S., Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, and our I Was There When shows, where our guests will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PW Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise. You can support us on Patreon and get these shows. 
with ads and plugs removed, the Wake Keller Processing Podcast, Wake Keller Processing Post Shows, and the PW Torch Daily Cast throughout the week with ads and plugs removed, plus a few bonus VIP shows throughout the month for just $4.99 a month. Check it out, patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. That's patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. And you can also upgrade to other tiers and receive even more benefits through Patreon. Anytime you're watching WWE Raw or SmackDown or AEW Dynamite in particular, send us an email if you've got thoughts on the show or a topic you want us to address or a question for us. Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. If there's anything else going on in pro wrestling that you want us to address on our main podcast during our mailbag segments, that same email applies. Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. We invite that interaction. Let us know what you think of what we're saying, and let us know what you want us to talk about, and ask us specific questions. Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.